0: side of the virtual hardwood it's the NLSC podcast episode number 303 yes episode number 303 i'm just waiting for episode number 404 i'm basically just going to upload an hour and a half of silence for that one It'll be the best joke in the history of the internet and so uh look forward to that in a couple of years time but uh until then uh, i'm andrew here with you as always with me again this week is derek aka deeper three in the forum
1: no, happy to be here. I'm happy to get into uh, talking about the history of franchise mode and and whatnot, and a strange uh, a patch for two K nineteen.
0: Some uh, strange goings on, and also some fun topics to to uh, talk about. Uh, good to have you on the on the show again. It's becoming a uh, a regular. I, I was going to say we're becoming the new uh, uh, Skip and um, <laughs> and Shannon Sharp, but that would just be uh, insulting ourselves.
1: Far less, far less annoying, and far less drama. <laughs>
0: Less, less manufactured opinions, maybe? <laughs>
1: exactly. At least we don't have t- people telling us what to say. So
0: listen, listen to us, a couple of old heads, you know, talking about the old days of uh, proper analysis and whatnot. But uh, nevertheless, uh, yes, yeah. uh, as we said, some fun things to talk about this week. Let's uh, get right into that uh, interesting topic of a, a new patch for NBA 2K19. It has come through on console, uh, not PC yet. I've been looking for it on PC, but it seems to be console-only uh, new patch for NBA 2K19, and yes, I'm not saying uh, the wrong uh, wrong game there. It is last year's game that has uh, has come through for. Uh, no patch notes, D, no information about it, no word. I mean, communication about patches and whatnot has not been great this year with 2K at the best of times for the current game, so it's no surprise that they're not talking about the, the sudden surprising update for, the, for last year's game, but uh, kind of unprecedented. I can't remember the last time or if ever that they've done this before, and it, it makes you wonder... Uh, especially as a lot of people have gone back to 2k19 whether they've uh, whether they're patching an exploit or something it's but it's it's weird
1: do we know the size of the patch like do you know how like how, like how big the patch is because obviously i can't see it on pc and i don't have 2k19 um in like for the console right now um do is it um is it a smaller or bigger patch
0: i think it's it's about the size of what most of them were which i think
1: was about seven gig seven gig ooh but wow, that, so yeah, it's a it's a legit, legitimate patch.
0: Well, well, not necessarily uh. because on PS4 and, and Xbox One, uh, unlike the Steam patches on PC, obviously they come through and they're only about hundred meg with the or hundred fifty to two hundred fifty megabytes usually, unless there's a lot of content. But with the PS with the console files, they need to pretty much send every through every patch that came through again. So each patch contains the previous patches data as well. So that's that's the big problem. That's why a lot of the patches this year for Two K Twenty have been like 20 gigabytes on ps4 yeah
1: yeah that's crazy that's i think we talked about that on a prior show of how much space that takes up and uh some people weren't happy about that um as far as uh patch going through on 2k19 like you said it's it's surprising but 2k20 um gameplay wise and we see it in the forums and i've seen it in operation sports a lot of people don't like it as much as 2k19 um For various reasons, because they believe that the movement overall of the players was better um, and the defense, uh, notably out of the last three titles, 2K18, 2K19 and 2K20, the 2K19 defense was far superior um, than the other two titles. Mm um i would be you know obviously we know that that a patch like that isn't going to be adding any rookies for 2k19 or it's not going to be um you know updating ratings or anything like that because that's still going to be based off of last season or like the end of last season Very much um right, yeah. yeah but at the same time it makes you wonder if and like you had said at the onset of this podcast if because they realized that so many people were going back and playing 2K19, and it was still popular, and the servers are still up, that they would, um, you know, maybe patch the gameplay a little bit just to, you know, keep that game fresh for people as well. I, I don't think 2K20 was as well received as people want to say it was hmm. uh, or believe it was. It's just again the only basketball title that was re- that was released, um, you know, this season. It's
0: funny because people almost defend the game as if it's not going to come out next year if people don't support it or if people criticize it. And it's it two K is a juggernaut, man. Like it's it's not going anywhere anytime soon. So it, yeah, it you, makes,
1: you yeah. T- get crazy about it. Yeah, don't get crazy about it. The two K two K is going to be around for a long time.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, has- it, I, I can understand supporting even people supporting live because they want to show yes, we do want live to come back and we want and to come back to where it was. So I can I can see people supporting that on principle, but. We, we get and, and, and that's not to say we shouldn't constructively criticize live we absolutely should as we want to see it become what it wants to be but yeah there's this defense of 2k and we've talked about it before the whole you know defending the in thing and, and being in the cool crowd etc but yeah if you if you're worried that 2k is going to go somewhere if you don't uh, spend money on microtransactions or, or support the game or say that the game is flawless or, or something like that it doesn't need that kind of defending to survive it's going to survive it will survive
1: yeah, no matter what, and it will thrive. Yeah, the chances of it, the chances of it thriving are incredibly high. And you know, it's 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 like the people that say, you know, well, look at this thread on Reddit. You know, everybody's praising people love the game. Well, I can show you a thread on Reddit and other places as well where people are struggling to enjoy the game. You know, so it's it, it's all about you know, like you said, people are a lot of people are stuck in their ways. A lot of people are um, de- will defend something at all cost because it's the cool thing or because they love it, but they don't see the big picture and the other issues that other people are having, whether it be with gameplay or modes and and whatnot. And and I think and I think that's um, that's too bad. But like you said, fr- it's it's gonna thrive. Like if if people are worried about. 2K going away. They haven't been paying attention for the last, you know, 20 years.
0: <laughs> no, not at all. No, and, and certainly the last few where it's record sales and record recurrent revenue. And, and I hate that that's become part of my lexicon. D uh, recurrent revenue, but yeah. it is. <laughs> it is the way it is. Uh, yeah, there is. There's been a couple of issues with 2K19 that have been pointed out. Uh, Jack Bill Gaming has been covering it uh, very uh, extensively on his YouTube channel uh there's been things like in, in, the, in the neighborhood the the hub world of course for, for my career in uh, in 2k19 a lot of a lot more advertisements for 2k20 have been popping up in last year's game so it's it's clear that they're trying to push people still playing 2k19 uh, towards 2k20 and i mean that makes sense that they want people to, to play the latest and <laughs> greatest game uh but certainly the you know the, the latest title that that's going to receive the most attention the most new content whatever uh, but but I think they they want that uh, the numbers to look good, obviously for people to be playing the, the game because they they always love to tout n- not just the recurrent revenue but but the uh, and the sales but also the amount of hours people are playing the game. So I think they are trying to push people towards uh, the uh, 2K20 who have gone back. So maybe this new patch has put some more uh, put some more advertising in the neighbourhood. That that have, haven't gone back and looked at 2K19 to to confirm, but that that could be a thing as well that they're doing pushing that kind of content into the game.
1: That's a good point. Yeah. And you know, what's funny. I didn't think of that. It's very possible that they could be implementing other ways of, you know, pushing people to buy the new product or, um, you know, advertising incentives to to go over to 2K20 and whatnot. But at the same time, and you and I have talked about this and, and I talked about it a little bit on the forum, 2K19 did do some better things than 2K20. Um, like the defense and and whatnot and even the the player movement has some advantages as far as you know lateral movement and um you know changing directions and and stuff like that the one thing that would be cool if they patched into 2K19 in my opinion and one of my biggest problems because I as you know and we've talked about this before I'm kind of I'm all about like the on court action and what's going on between the lines is one of the biggest weaknesses of 2K19 was your players really didn't have any burst or acceleration whatsoever um in which they implemented in 2k20 and they did a decent job of doing that but one of the things that held that game back is the game crawled overall and 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 people's pacing the players pacing was very lethargic and slow and um and I think that's one thing that would have really elevated Two K nineteen in people's minds, not to the level of like what Two K sixteen was as far as being well received. But I think that you know Two K nineteen could have benefited from either a patch later in the game's actual cycle or now for those who still play it of making the game the game the players feel a little bit lighter and freer and and whatnot to go along with that good defense.
0: Definitely, and but the problem is I don't think they're going to address the, the previous game like that because again they want to push people towards the the current one and it, actually another thought just occurred to me that I, I, because i haven't fired up 2k19 in a while uh that w- there was that uh that pre-order bonus screen that, that was coming up um for 10 percent off the the legend edition uh whenever you fight up the game it would, it would randomly come up uh, it's possible that this latest patch has simply removed that so that they don't have people uh getting a discount anymore or, or trying to get it maybe trying to redeem a discount that no longer exists so it could just be as simple as removing the uh, that splash screen that comes up with with the pre-order bonus that is obviously no longer in, in effect, probably, or, or maybe maybe people are still taking advantage of it and they're trying they're patching that out so that people can't get the uh, discount on the Legend Edition or something like that. But but again, I think it's the the transparency and and if if it is just that, say hey, yes, by the way, we've we've removed that from two K nineteen, and I know it's not something that warrants a huge huge announcement or, or you know and everything like that or a, an announcement for an announcement because that's a big thing these days, <laughs> big announcement coming tomorrow, um, but, but 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 even if they just just say something, and that that goes back to what we've said about two K before, and we've said it and I've said it with with Ben and Kenny as well, is, is that lack of transparency and just saying hey, we're just you know heads up this is what we're doing and and people go oh, okay you know fine whatever
1: they're so big that's the thing though they don't they can get away with that stuff we talked about that before they, the the problem is is that they can as many gameplay issues as, as 2K20 had there was nobody to contest them you know what I mean? There's nobody, they don't have somebody else in the, the basketball gaming space to keep them honest. And they can get away with a lot of these practices, um, like what Ronnie Two K does. And, mm. you know, some of the, the gameplay things and even some of the shortcomings and some of the modes. They can get away with this stuff because, first off, everybody, there's no other basketball game for people to play right now. Um, second off, there's nobody to really hold them accountable for it because people are going to buy the game no matter what so it just it allows them to do this and unfortunately the people that uh you know that are affected by it is the consumers
0: so did you see the interesting comments by uh ld2k about uh, switching on old servers
1: um i did not i i saw some recent comments about Dizar, um, that Dazar made about the current nba which i think you and i thought was pretty telling yeah. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't see the LD two K comments
0: now. So basically, somebody said, uh, you know, "Why don't you turn on the old servers again and get the old games up and running?" And, and he actually said you know, that is, that is something that he advocates for behind the scenes and says that we should do that, or you know, at least keep them up a little bit longer so people can can go back and enjoy those games and, and use the online modes and everything. And I thought that was very interesting that he was so candid about that, um, you know, saying that because it's it's kind of uh, maybe going against you know. Uh, company policy to even talk about that so, so, so to be so open about it you know there, there's no and people saying oh it's you know he's pushing for it it's going to happen I, i'm not i'm skeptical that they're going to do that because i i just don't think it's going to you know th- again they want to push people towards the new game but it's interesting that there are people uh within the company and, and certainly somebody well known uh, to to the community and whatnot like like le2k uh the chris is actually po- uh, you know pushing for that and 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 will openly talk about it
1: i think part of the thing too is And and this makes that kind of puts things in perspective is you know people get on the developers a lot because they're the ones that are out on Twitter, right? So you got like um, your uh, you know people that are involved in you know some of the making of the game and you have like Dazar and Chris Manning and Scott O'Gallagher and all these guys You know they're out on Twitter, but they're getting direction On you know from people higher up than them. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, and so it's the company's direction, and I think that these guys a lot of times these guys take a lot of heat. Like, and for you know Connor Dugan, like for EA uh, for the EA Sports NBA Live side, and some of those guys, and they're taking a lot of heat for stuff that they can't control.
0: Yeah. So if absolutely. the
1: you know people higher than them want to make money, and they they think that leaving the servers on for the older games is going to keep those other those, that pack of people. Buying, I mean, not buying the new title, and then they'll do it. And and unfortunately, people like LD2K and even Mike Wang, you know, maybe they don't have as much pull with certain things and directives as we think they do.
0: Oh, certainly, things are coming down from the suits. That's that's for sure. With the microtransactions, like I'm, I'm sure that a lot of the developers, and I don't pretend to speak for them. But I'm sure a lot of them would be quite comfortable to make a great basketball game and not have to worry about those mechanics. But that—that that is the way of the industry. It is the way of the company, certainly. And it's its what you've got, got to do, absolutely. And the funny thing is, though, I reckon if you turn the servers back on for those games, you would make extra money because there'd be people making new, new characters, new my players, and and... Spend, saying, oh, well, I don't want to grind, so, I'll, yeah, I'll spend some extra money on this game that I do enjoy, uh, that the servers are back on. So I think you would actually make money off the microtransactions for old games. And my team, if you open it back up again, and the people who enjoyed those modes at the time and want to dust them off, I think they would actually make some money.
1: I think they would, too. Remember, I bought, um, I and I never do this, I bought $20 or so of VC for um, my team, for NBA Live 16. Yeah. Yeah. And that was this year. So, um, yeah, I agree. And and I think, though, the thing is, is that they always want people talking about the newest title. Mm. Um, even, you know, but for better or for worse, they want that title in people's hands. And I think that plays a big reason to it, but a big uh, thing into it. But, you know, the other thing we talked about was that, that that's one thing where NBA Live gets looked at as favorable because, you know, up until just recently, they still had Live 14 and live 15 servers up i mean five years later uh, absolutely. you know four or five yeah. years later so i mean at the same time um, that's anu- and i talked about this as far as live trying to be a differentiator and really trying to take a step forward is learn from the mistakes that 2k are making we're making and, and look at the complaints people have about 2k and that series of games especially over the last three years and capitalize on that you know, make things easier on people. Make the VC push not as bad. Um, you know, make make um, modes that people are asking for that 2K isn't putting in. Um, do things that they're not doing. Give them custom court creator and offline. You know, give them jersey creator in offline mode. You know, allow people to create teams that way. Like, do things that people are asking for and that, that 2K won't give them, but also... Capitalize on areas of weakness that 2K has, where you can, you know, make people feel happier in 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 those aspects.
0: Oh, absolutely, and and it goes back to, you know, very much so with the microtransactions that that, that uh, to, uh, Live doesn't have a lot of them, uh, not especially in that. There's none of them in um, in in uh, neither Rising Star or now the one. They there's no pay to win in that in that sense, no pay for shortcut or, or you know, however you want to put it, and, and I think that's that is a big appeal of those modes. And that you have the separate currencies for uh, attribute upgrades and clothing items. You know, you've got the reward points and you've got the skill points. So the way they're doing it, I, I don't think Lives uh, w- with the way that they're, they're doing that, their player progression isn't. I don't love everything about it, but I do like the fact that it's you don't have to <laughs> sacrifice. You don't have to sacrifice in-game currency for to get uh, you know to dress up your player for the offline modes for, sorry, for the online modes or whatever. You don't have to sacrifice in-game currency basically to do two things and and that is something that uh, is a big advantage for live and and i've written about this before in monday tip-off that i I think live should go for more of a an an old school approach because you can really win the crowd back and you you look at what uh, obsidian has done with uh, the outer worlds compared to what uh, bethesda has has happened with uh, fallout 76 um if if you have that disdain for the for the community and and they will really turn on you and if it it is, is a way that live could come back and uh and, and I think you know, as we talk about franchise gaming in a little bit, you know, appealing to those old school mentalities and, and giving people that old school experience. Even the people who would who will defend microtransactions now will realize, I think, wow, this is actually pretty good. Uh, this, you know, they're not having to deal with this kind of crap. Uh, you know, yeah, I, I like. I, I see what those old heads were talking about.
1: <laughs> and and right, if you think about how many people would possibly. You know, it might take a couple of years of that approach of doing it consistently. But think about how many gamers you'll um, get to either buy both titles or convert over to your title, especially if you're doing that in the preferable modes, you know, the the career modes and, and whatnot. And, you know, live and EA Sports in general, they should be jumping on that before some other company comes in and does it because they're really going to miss um, miss out if another company does come in, makes a great basketball game and gives gamers you know, that experience that two K isn't currency, able to give them cetera, or they just make but, the experience. And I think, better. and I think that's, so, um, I mean, I'm surprised that it's bad. been this long since a third player was in the sim basketball game space. I, I think the last time we had, it was NBA inside. Oh, nine, um, NBA, nine, the inside. And yep. you think about it, it's crazy that we've had a decade where no other player came into the space. Um, and like I said, I, I fully expect at some point we will get another player. Well, we'll in look it, at this Live thread really on Reddit, you, know, you know, being the only, excuse me, being only the, you know two people. I mean, two companies really making sim games for basketball.
0: And, and we've seen you know how how it gets there. If one falters, and we've just got the one with a with a virtual monopoly on the virtual hardwood, <laughs> to put it cutely, uh, we've seen what we've seen what happens. That it, it's come down to there is no no comeback for the for the microtransactions, you know because you you, everybody talks about a boycott of 2k but it's it's very difficult to do when when it is the the only new game on the market and people and people say i'll play something else which, which is not bad advice don't get me wrong but if you want to play a basketball game with the latest rosters you can play an updated game and obviously in our community we do that a lot with modding and that's a big part of modding games keeping the rosters up to date beyond their official support but there's still usually something about the new game. You know, you don't have the audio for the new rookies and things like that. There's always limitations to roster editing, roster updates, that there's going to be people who want to get the newest game. Or if you want to play my team, for example, you're getting, getting the new cards and things like that. There's incentive to get the latest game. So if you want that new experience, new basketball experience, it is it is hard to boycott 2K. And, and there, are, there are things that 2K does very well. And it, it, it makes it hard to boycott.
1: Right, how else are you going to use James Harden and Luka Doncic? And yep. how else are you going to lose, use you know, Greek Freak? And how, how else are you going to use Brandon Ingram on the Pelicans? You're not. like there's The only way for you to use these guys on the virtual hardwood is by getting NBA 2K. Yep. That's it. And, you know, the only way you're going to use retro players when, you know, Live's game is in, in session, you know, when they actually make a game, the only way you're going to use retro players and classic teams and everything is 2K yeah that's it yeah that's the only way you're going to do it and if you don't if you don't get it then you're not going to use them so there definitely there is that thing where and i tried to explain this on operation sports at one point and of course i got attacked immediately was you know we can talk about 2k sales breaking records and, and whatnot all you want and how 2k 20 was like the best-selling game period not just sports game but period after its first couple months out that's because Millions of people around the world love basketball. And there is literally only one option for them to play, yep. sim basketball. So, of course, the sales are going to be unbelievable because it's the, it's the only... Like look at Madden sales. Yep. Madden sales are unreal, but people don't give AEA enough credit for that. Um, but they'll, of course, tout 2K Sports like it's the second coming. But you know, Madden is Madden is the only sim football game, really, and the sales, as you would expect, are unbelievable. So I don't want to, you know, 2K yet. Yeah, 2K is always they've done a really good job of marketing. They're they're elite in their marketing. Yeah, like I don't think is there a better company that does it than them with 2K20 and the 2K series. Probably not.
0: Probably not. I mean, I don't follow that many of the sports games very closely, so I may be missing something, but certainly compared to live it's uh it's leagues ahead
1: yeah it's it's unbelievable and you know they do a great job with stuff like that but you if you put context behind it in their sales and whatnot there's a reason why it's so high it's re- there's a reason why the sales are so high it's literally because it's the only choice right now that's it so
0: well you know there's, there's a lot of correlating popularity with quality is, is a is a mistake that people make and, and it's funny because a lot of people you know and it's funny it came up in the forum recently the the idea of uh, that something is necessarily popular it doesn't mean it's good but then the, the idea that something is niche also doesn't mean car, that it's, it's good you know
1: the <laughs> i mean <the>
0: <laughs> it's funny because a lot of a lot of people say you know the current nba is doing doing great ratings low. it's it's kind of not because of uh, ca- uh, cord cutting and everything and other reasons that I think you and I both agree about, as far as the uh, uh, the way the game is today. Uh, but certainly, it has the most expensive TV contract in history, the NBA, and it, it is very popular at the moment. But does the, does popularity and worldwide popularity necessarily mean that it's it's quality? And, and the uh, the comparison that I would make is that for for many years, The Big Bang Theory was one of the top rated shows on TV, most viewed, etc. But a lot of people hated the show. Um, it is as popular, yeah. as popular as it was. It was also very hated and uh, criticized for its uh its style of comedy and and script and its scripts and, and its and its overall concept. So it's funny that people will see that and and there's so many you know, indie snobs when it comes to music or wrestling for that matter. Uh, the, 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 we have this idea and there is that, and maybe sometimes taken to the extreme that everything niche is better than mainstream, which. I don't think, you know, only a Sith speaks in absolutes. And I know I'm committing a huge sin by uh, by quoting the prequel trilogy there. But, you know, a lot of people will speak in those absolutes and, and that's not correct either. But we, we do know that popularity doesn't always, or mainstream, doesn't always equal quality. So the idea that the 2K must be great simply because it's selling a lot of games, selling a lot of copies, or people are playing it a lot... It's. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's as good as people say, and that there are a lot of criticisms that we can make of it as we as we do.
1: Look at the look at the popularity of like Jersey Shore and the Kardashians. Yeah, keeping up the, with the Kardashians and all that stuff. A lot of, um, you know, I'm sorry, and they're terrible. Those shows are terrible, and then the the bottom line is is that a lot of that too is what the media. And um, you know, pushes on people as trendy. You know what I mean? It's how much they advertise it for it, and how much they talk about it, and and it gets people talking about it and, and stuff like that. And I'm not saying that's the case with 2K, but I just want people to put it into perspective that you know, just because, like you said, you know, something, just because something is incredibly popular, doesn't mean it has faults. It that it doesn't have faults. It also doesn't mean that just because you think it's cool, that p- other people should. Not bring up those faults or critique it which we see a lot of people trying to be like oh it's a great game shut up like that type of thing and then you know it's also the whole thing to put in perspective like i stated literally only one um basketball game is being made and i want to i want to point out too that's like saying like hgtv is there another channel on TV like HGTV that shows like people going to buy homes and fixing up homes and all of that stuff? It's like saying that, you know, oh my god, HGTV is so popular, it's so great. How can you blah, 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 insult it? Well, part of the reason why HGTV is so popular and so great is it's literally the only channel for that content. Yeah, <laughs> That's it. It's the only place people can go to watch people renovate their homes
0: that's it when when there's no competition when it's a one-man race you know it's a one-horse race uh that horse is going to win you know it's it's kind of the way it goes um and, and you and you touched on something that i like to say just like to sum up as uh not my problem therefore not a real problem uh i, I think we see that a lot with uh with the basketball gaming community uh and it's uh it's the whole, you know, and I, I don't play that mode, so therefore nobody plays that mode, and that also yep. again ties into, I guess, a uh, franchise gaming because people, a lot of people these days, you, you see it on Reddit, um, and I'm not to say that there isn't good discussion over on on the official uh, you know, subreddits for live and uh, and 2K, but you do see that attitude, and it's it's hard to not sound like an old head, but it, it is, I think, a, a younger uh, perspective because it's the games are different now and different to what we grew up with. Uh, why would you play against the cpu why would you get play against the ai you know why why would you want to play against bots and it's well you know basketball gaming is not just about proving your metal against other gamers although that's is and always has been fun to play multiplayer of course in, in many sports games but the whole idea, and especially of franchise gaming, it's not just about that. You can, I mean, you can adjust the sliders and whatnots and the difficulty so that you do get that challenge. But it's not just about oh, I'm a great gamer. It's you know playing that NBA experience and putting on your virtual GM suit, and uh, as the case may be, and, and making the trades that you wish your your favorite team would make, and and having that experience and it's creating memories, as we've said so many times. You know, I, I love that you brought that up on the on the show because it's it's really resonates with me, and I think a lot of people. Uh, you know, creating memories on the virtual hardwood. It's about it's about that, and some some people prefer to do it through my team or my career or online or even franchise modes. My my league, my GM Dynasty, etc. have been called many things over the years. Association. It's you know how can you enjoy that? Is basically trying to say you know I enjoy something different, and I think my way is the only way. But I don't want to sound like a jerk by saying it, but completely failing because that's a jerky thing to say.
1: Right. Exactly. And. No, you nailed it. The, you know, the, I'll never forget an interaction that I had. Um, and this was actually when, I don't use it anymore, but this was back when I was on Facebook. Um, and I had posted a you know, summary of things I didn't like about 2K18. And one of them was the blow-by defense, which I demonstrated on that post in a video. And you've seen those videos that I posted oh, yeah. about just being able to run by the computer. And the vile nature of the comments that came back to me about pointing this out and showing it was unbelievable. The, the, I, got, I got comments of, um, what, you want everybody to play defense like Dennis Rodman? Um, number one. W- number two, you'd, I had the whole, um, boy, if they listen to people like you, the game's going to get ruined. Shut up. And I had all of this stuff. And it's almost like me critiquing the game and showing proof of the issue was just not allowed like it wasn't acceptable like there's no way in hell that even though i showed video uh, evidence of it that i should be critiquing the game and then of course i had the whole comments and we've talked about this before Of well if you don't like it just go play something else (laughs) yeah and the whole go play live and then i also had the whole um you're playing it wrong or you know, if you want to play it that way, then, you know, that's what you're going to get. Like basically telling me to fake sim and not to just run by the computer, which I could every time I wanted. And it's really telling. And you see people's, you know, how, how, how crazy people can get when you critique something, even if you have video evidence of it, if if it's something that they love. Right. So you and I can say, man, you know, I really wish they would pay attention to this aspect of my league because we love this as aspect, of, aspect of offline my league. And somebody will go, well, if you don't like it, go play something else. I, I particularly love the game. But they're not thinking of our side of it. No, not they're at all. Always, they're just trying to defend the game and what's cool and what they like. And that's unfortunate. And that's a b- pretty big part of basketball video game discussion, unfortunately.
0: A lot of it does seem – and there's people who i think delight in other people not getting their way and there's <clears throat> a great example of that is uh, it, it is actually online because i've played more online with um with the online team play with uh, 2k prime etc in um in recent years that they changed the requirement it used to be that you had a minimum requirement of uh, of three users to start a game in team pro-am or for that matter walk-on the, the, the you know the basically random matchup system and they changed that in 2K19 that you have to have a minimum of five. You have to have five users to start, basically. And because it's more like the 2K League. And it really appeals to the people who don't like to play with any AI players in the in Team Pro-Am, which, which I understand the whole idea of it. The problem is, and especially playing on the Australian, the or I should say Australasian servers, because actually Australian servers are in Japan. So that's why it's such great uh, connectivity here. Uh, we don't even have any local Oceanic servers. They're in Japan. Um, but yeah, they and it just it was hard to get a game sometimes even with our squad we were playing every week to get all five of us together often we'd have three or four and often the players the teams that the squads that we were going up against also had only three or four so certainly in, in our area of the world and even in the u.s from what i can see from other people uh you know in in north america u.s and canada and whatnot um talking about it there were a lot of people who enjoyed okay you know Yes, we would prefer to be five versus five with the users, but if not, we'd at least rather get a game than have to go to the walk-on, the Jordan Rec Center or whatever, and play with people who don't know how to play basketball and who are trying to sabotage the game, etc. And but people say, oh, well, you know, again, you want to play against bots? Go play my career. No, we don't want it. We don't necessarily want to play against AI players. But if we can't get full teams, we'd rather get a game than have to play with jerks. You know, so it's kind of it was.
1: There's always those sabotage guys, the guys that just they're they're out to wreak havoc. Yeah. No matter what and wreck havoc or whatever. We had this there's this game that my brother played a lot was um, Elder Scrolls online and oh, yeah. you'd see these people come through. You'd see these people come through the towns and just start hacking at you know the townspeople and just like running away from the law and they just like completely create chaos in the cities their only point of do because that's not good for the game is you-, you have like a bounty on you and it's not good for your character the only point of them doing that is just to be stupid
0: yeah that's gr- it
1: grief <laughs>
0: grief is as they call
1: them in yeah, the uh... exactly thank you and you get the same thing on 2k and i see people posting about it sometimes and like what you mentioned and it's like you know what don't tell me to go play something else just stop being an idiot
0: yeah so and they'll, and they'll say oh you know go play my career well no this is why we would would want to play with the ai players it's not ideal but it's a way for us to get games or just go play walk-on and like yeah or rec center and like yeah but then you gotta deal with that or people who quit when you you're down 04 to start the game and they just quit and suddenly you're playing with ai players anyway you know so it kind of defeats the purpose of, of that whole situation and the, and the thing is and I've, I've written about this before and talked about it on the podcast is that with proper matchmaking, which 2K Online does not have, with proper matchmaking and such, you could actually have options to allow people, if you don't want to play against AI players, you have a setting, much like Rocket League's online settings, that you say, okay, I don't want to play against, in any games that that are starting out with AI players, basically. I only want to play full teams of five users versus five users. Switch that on, that's that's all you get matched up with. Other people could suggest, uh, could choose, yes, I want to play with, I don't mind AI players stepping in if we can't get full squads on either side. I'm happy to play three versus three with a couple of AI players, uh, you know, filling in. And you just choose that option and nobody has to play the way they don't want to play. But there are people who will actually argue against that option because then they can't feel smug and superior and gatekeep and say, you know, you, you should go and play Playground if you want three on three. Well, Playground, if you, if you like Pro-Am, which is more like the real NBA with real rules, playgrounds kind of sucks then you know it's not what you want to have and all the people who, who complain about my career or have you know legitimate complaints about my career people say well just play just play my league with uh with player lock on well you can but that's not the experience that i want and there's a way to cater to multiple people but then you can't gatekeep and be elitist and that's that's what really bugs me about a lot of the the feedback and, and shutting down feedback in the community is that people want yeah to,
1: the elitism yeah. it's the elitism it sucks. And, and, you know, the other thing, too, what you, what you had mentioned is, you know, there's – how many people play 2K online? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hundreds of thousands of people. At least, yeah. Uh, yeah, that are playing 2K. You're telling me that, you know, like the option that you just mentioned, you're telling me that there's not a gamer for everything? I'm sorry, but there there is. And, and you know, unfortunately, though, that like you had talked about the elitism stuff, that's actually been almost encouraged by the way they make these modes in these games and it's really turned into and in turn the community pretty toxic
0: i, I absolutely agree and I, i've mentioned that in articles and the podcast before that it, it does feel like 2k is catering towards that elitism there, there's a great thread in the 2k subreddit uh by, by a former uh, eve online developer the mmofication of uh, nba 2k pointing out a lot of these issues with the catering towards the elite crowd and and, and really fostering that toxic attitude that that um you know i i tweeted it out uh, well it must have been a few months ago now i said if you you know if you cater to toxic attitudes you cultivate a toxic community and, and i think that 2k unfortunately with some of the t- decisions they've made and refusing to have proper matchmaking and, and just throwing everybody into the same neighborhood together so you've got people that don't want to play with with noobs you know and oh get good well i have to play the game to get good but you keep jumping off so i can't play the game you know, with you you know it's uh, it's, it's this Cash 22, uh, and, and and they're not really doing anything about it, and yet they've got this professional league, they've got this eSports league, and they've got this a supposed competitive online scene, and there's just so many things. You look at what Rocket League does and th- take cues from them because they've got a great online scene and a great eSports league. Um, you know, I, you want to do things your own way, sure, but maybe emulate some of their success with, with some of those ideas because they have good ideas that will, that will, hey, give people a great experience, and shouldn't that be the whole reason that people want to play video games that great experience
1: there's also yeah there's also some sketchy stuff that goes on with the selection of players for the 2k sports league which we've covered and talked about and some people have unveiled evidence of it where yeah. you know mysteriously influencers um and other people who people know are getting you know a leg up as far as um getting selected and
0: definitely and, yeah. and
1: getting clout and stuff like that i hate the word clout by the way i'll never tell <laughs> um but Anyway, the, 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 I, I completely agree. I, I think part of the problem is is that um, they're capitalizing on that. Like, it's actually working. The elitism stuff um, is making kids, um, and you know that's who it mostly is catered to, is teenagers. Yeah. And, and young adults who are playing. What it's doing is it's making those people, you know, talk highly about the game and puff out their chest. And it, it's making, it's actually, I think, in a way, Helping the game um, and, and they're almost like capitalizing on that, on on people in that way, and that, that kind that bothers me. I think one thing that stands out though, and you'll agree with it we, we, we talked about this in the past and I've shown pictures and screenshots of it, is how terribly the game gets rated on Steam yes for its online components, and if I've read through those comments there it's unbelievable how you know, pissed off people get <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But also the user scores and reviews on Metacritic and how there's such a huge disconnect from, I'm going to call them paid reviews for, um, yeah. or just basically relaxed reviews for people who really don't dive into the game. And maybe even people that don't play no basketball or play it, um, huge disconnect between the actual, you know, review scores and then what people are saying about the game. And a lot of it is due to not, not necessarily the elitism stuff, because I think they've capitalized on that, but just, um, to, uh, for the gameplay and the online modes in general, you know, the disconnects and the way the on the matchmaking works and the online modes and stuff like that. So like, I I just think it's, I think it's funny that, you know, people talk about how great the game is and how it's untouchable and elite and everything, or how, you know, oh, can 2k do no wrong? Well, I don't know if you guys have gone on steam and looked at the reviews or on Metacritic and they look at the user score, which is like 2.1. Um, but you should see what people are a lot of people are saying about the about two k twenty and the last three titles so
0: i i suppose that there's there's nothing that can that can't be dismissed uh critically speaking as, as hating you know, it's it's very easy to say that the, the the complainer is wrong you know the complainer is always wrong is a is a very common trope um you know you go back to the <laughs> you go back to the eighties to get along gang you know if you don 't get along with people you you know you must be a jerk kind of thing uh, it, it, It's... I'll... You know, so it's a very old attitude. So it's it's not, but it's it has come back in a big way, I think, and, and amplified in in online communities and people who do have that sense of identity wrapped up in the game. You know, I am a two K gamer. Two K is a cool thing. And but uh, but yeah, it really comes down to people wanting what they want and somehow thinking that if other people get what they want, it'll somehow take away from that or something. It, I, mean, I really don't understand that mindset.
1: No, I think I think part of the problem is is that. And like we said before, it's just it's it's people are going to be stuck in their ways and what they want and how they're and and we we talked about this before. A lot of the people that hate on other people or um, hate on the game or you know say go play this or, or whatever or critique the game, they're in their own way. Want they're like we talked about before. They they want to make memories with the games, just like we do. They're just. They just go about it a different way and and they go about giving feedback a different way and critiquing other people's views a different way but and so I try to tolerate it to a point and try to read through the um, read between the lines um but you know at the end of the day, you know people like me who who thoroughly and you know this from the forums thoroughly critique two k eighteen two k nineteen and two k twenty and really let my uh you know gave my feedback on twitter and on facebook uh for 2k18 especially um and the nlsc i wasn't critiquing the game to be malicious or to uh you know get on anybody else who enjoyed those games it's and it's it's because i want to create memories in the, with the games and i wasn't being able i wasn't able to do that with those last three titles for 2k really
0: and I, I guess it does c- come down to, to passion on on all of our sides. It's just perhaps misguided that people uh, are so passionate about what they like that they, to the exclusion of anything that any, anyone else likes or or constructive criticism. It, and it's, they're passionate about the games, which is great, uh, just like anything else. But I guess it's, it's maybe that the the worst mix of um, toxic communities or to- uh, toxicity in certain fandoms sports games sports fans and video games you know you can get people very passionate They're the same way people won't want to hear a word against uh the, the players on their favorite team you know even if it's legitimate critique they they just don't want to hear it
1: yeah and i mean if you think about it that's how the media handles these things too you know mm. from the debate uh, the most popular thing right now in sports media is debate shows it's it's, it's you know shannon sharp and skip bayless with two complete um you know whether it's predetermined or not. Two different points of view and going at it on TV. It's it's Max Kellerman and Stephen A. Smith going at it on TV, and they're doing this whole thing of you know how much would Jordan average in this era, or is this the best era of basketball ever, and um, is jo- James Harden the greatest scorer ever, and you know is LeBron the goat? He's not. Um, <laughs> and you know it's a lot. What happens is a lot of people feed off that and that's what a lot of twitter is and you know this like nba twitter yeah. a lot of it is those same exact topics that the talking heads are talking about and it infiltrates the population and that's and that's what ends up happening and it also it molds minds and opinions it changes the way people think about the game and the sport in the past and the present, so it's, it's unfortunate, but like I, I think a lot of that comes from um, you know how these these kids are brought up watching the sport and listening to the sport and, and listening to these talking heads and stuff like that, and then, and then they also feed off of each other. So if one of their kids one of their friends or something is acting like this, you know, or it's the cool way to act or the cool opinion to have, they'll go along with it. So it's unfortunate
0: i mean obviously there is there are issues with nostalgia we it is easy you know they talk about nostalgia goggles looking back at things more funly. And, and we certainly do filter out the the crap you know when we look back at our our childhood and say oh all the shows are great well not not all the shows are great we just remember the ones that were good and maybe some of the really bad ones that were so bad they can't help but burrow their way into your memory for years to come uh and, and i mean there's always that appeal to, to tradition and that can be fallacious but there's today there is that appeal to novelty you know the recency bias and and we do see that as you said in, in the nba real nba discussions and in video games of course and you know as, as we i guess now transition into talking about you know this week's uh, topic franchise mode that's that's something that's very nostalgic to us although there's actually quite a young quite a few young gamers i do see talking about it you know it's not just role days. people do still like my league and franchise mode etc uh maybe not so much franchise in nba live at the moment but the the concept of franchise modes uh that they, they do still enjoy it because and there is still that appeal but it really has shifted to the uh to the my career to the the one the, you know the, the single player career modes have become the, the the mode of choice and it's been interesting to see because uh, you know back in the day as, as you remember uh if, i don't know if you look back at our at old uh our old wish lists but for, for years we wanted to see uh what what would become franchise mode where uh, teams would offer us trades, and players wanted to demand to be traded, and having to work things out with the salary cap. We wanted that, and we finally got it, and and it was amazing.
1: Yeah, about um before I touch on that, uh, as far as the nostalgia and recency bias, you yep. know, but a lot of us who are um standing up for the past is exactly that—we're standing up for it because of a lot of the recency bias of crapping on the past so what comes off as nostalgia um or you know we're not being the aggressor and in fact in most of these cases especially on twitter um and even in the um nba live series center when these things come up we are we are normally not the aggressor we're not saying um you know putting the past ahead of the present just like as a as a front like like out in the open and, and being the first person to bring it up a lot of times it's things saying you know us combating things like J- james harden is the successor to jordan as the greatest scorer or J- james harden is a greater scorer or lebron is the goat or larry bird isn't in the goat conversation or larry bird would be a g-leaguer now <laughs> boy that, that kills me but the, a lot of it is like especially with me is it's saying hey wait a minute not only are you loaded with recency bias by that statement, but you're uneducated about the past. Yeah, and so that's a big part of it. And so, and, and I'll say this too: I do get animated about it, but normally, again, it's me trying to combat those type of statements that that I just mentioned—the outlandish ones. Um, as far as like my league, one thing that I'm surprised about, and you maybe you are—I'm not sure we actually haven't talked about this before in franchise modes and whatnot. I'm actually surprised that my league online isn't a bigger thing. Like, yeah, yeah. And I, and I wonder sometimes if it's because you have to have 30 teams, you know what I mean? And people don't want like a, con- a computer controlled team and it's tough to get 30 people together. But I am a little shocked because I see some threads every now and then on Operation Sports that my league online, a full season with real NBA teams and rosters and whatnot, is not something that more people do.
0: I, I think it's part of it is the technical limitations of it. Certainly, I agree. You know, having to get thirty people together, and, and back in the day, we used to have sim leagues and things where you have, and people would always be dropping out basically people would say what what why don't you want to run an NLC sim league and like well i'm already doing a lot of content for the site so like if somebody else wants to run it for me fine um uh, oddly no one stepped up how about that that would be
1: good to do yeah that'd be a tough to to manage
0: but um other people did and and I, i participated in a couple of them back in the day and it was it was fun enough it's obviously a lot of work to maintain but there were people and people didn't get the team they wanted so they weren't really into it and they dropped out things like that. So there is definitely that aspect to it. Uh, I think with my league as it is in the game, uh there's been a lot of problems with it uh, from a technical standpoint. They found out that they they're basically running off two in-house servers compared to the Amazon servers that uh, the other online modes run on for 2K. So that's why there's so many syncing issues and things like that. It's it's I think more people would be into it if it was viable, but I think that's the main barrier at the moment apart from you know people could probably get by with okay, let's get 10 people together and the CPU teams play together whatever, but the problems with syncing and just losing data and everything—it's just not viable.
1: Yeah, I didn't even know that about the Amazon server thing. That's something I I just learned. So, I mean, I think the thing too is—that's uh, probably the biggest drawback. But it's too bad that you couldn't start a season with less teams. Mm. Do you know? What I mean? Like yeah. if they that the program's an option to say, well, you know what, you can have a six a sixteen team season um or like a 10 team season maybe people would enjoy that i mean that's something that i've never seen before that that, Uh, was
0: i mean that was something nba live was doing in 09 and 10 they had online leagues that was that was something they were doing then so they they would just sort of starting out with it not the full franchise experience and, and which is i guess what people want these days you couldn't just do league play you'd need to have league play with the draft and free agency and trades and everything, which is uh, which is great, and which which is what my league online is when it's when it's working, basically. Uh, yeah, but if, if you could actually have less teams, it it would be less of a barrier and probably probably less data to sync as well.
1: Yeah, and I think that you could still do the season lengths and you just play each other more. You know, yep. you make it eighty games or or fifty eight or thirty two or whatever, um, or twenty eight. I, I think. Honestly, if they did something like that, maybe even I would be interested. Yeah, because I think that that would be fun. And I think I, I think you saw that I posted this on the Two K sixteen section because those servers are offline. Trying to find a way to get a game together with somebody. Yeah, on that game, and that would have been a lot of fun. And I would have been open to doing a my league on a Two K sixteen or Two K seventeen. But I think um, as far as franchise modes in my league, like you said earlier, the immense focus on online in the promotion of online um gaming uh, not just in the NBA space but in general but the 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 heavy emphasis on getting people online creating their character um making them feel like you know they're an NBA player or Uh, and whatnot and putting them on this journey and path and then going being able to go out and play in the park with other humans and the the competitive side of that and the elitism side of that and all that stuff it just it it drew everybody in (laughs) and that's when the offline my league and franchise and whatnot um started uh you know being forgotten old
0: old hat for old heads apparently (laughs) according according
1: to to some anyway I, i find that hilarious too the saying you know only uh, you've, heard, you've heard these comments or seen them. Like, only only um, old heads, you know, care about you know the, all that offline content and you know you know who play. I've seen the who plays my league. Re, who really plays my league was the comment that yeah. was on one post that I made. And it's funny is, is how is that turned into like an old head thing when you're trying to play a NBA season in an NBA video game.
0: Well, that, that's the funny thing is I've actually seen the same thing now said about my career. So it's really how you can see how the mentality has not just gone from just single play, but it has to be online competitive. That Anything else is, is less than. And, and hey, look, there's probably a lot of people who play online who are better on the sticks than me. And that's great. But that doesn't stand in the way of me enjoying a video game. Because video games, although they are a, a cooperative or competitive uh, activity... The, the fact that you can play against you know a single player campaign in in other games or indeed in a you know, you know I, I suppose you know my league is a single player campaign or my is a single player campaign you know in the sense of basketball uh, it can be very satisfying and there's there's something about that experience and with franchise again you know stepping into the role of the GM and being able to to make the trades that you wish uh you, you know and, and I'm being a Bulls fan you know <laughs> take my obligatory shot at uh, Garpax here. You know, the wish, making the trades you wish they would make, and and then be, and so all of them,
1: yeah, trade the whole team and the coach, and, yeah.
0: and, <laughs> and playing. You know, when making the hiring hires and fires that you want to make, the, the coaching changes, uh, and changing the lineups, and then managing your lineups as the coach, and taking on so many different roles. Um, and, and I think one of the things that that people do like about my career, and certainly the online connected modes, is that it is very game oriented. That you only have to play one role yourself as a player. And I think that is that that appeals to us, whereas we we grew up having to, where we could play every as every player on the team, and as the coach, and as the GM, and everything else, we enjoy taking on those roles. Although that being said, Dee, I have seen, and it heartens me to, to see it, people on Reddit and so forth, you know, saying, I'm 15, 16, and I love my league, you know, I've seen it, and it's, so it's not just old heads, and that's the thing, I mean, it's considered an old head thing, or an antiquated thing, but... And it's quite heartening to see that people do still like it.
1: Yeah, look at look at what and by the way I agree with that. I have seen and we've seen that on the NLSC too. You know, yeah. when you when you brought up, hey, I wanna you know, I'm looking at starting a, a my league in, you know, getting back into that mode, what team should I use? And immediately a bunch of people recommended teams. Yep. And it's because people were interested in the mode and they were interested in, you know, even maybe following your story. If you posted about it. Yep. So You do see some excitement still around the mode, and I know that in my personal, in my circle, you know, there's a couple guys I work with, and my brothers and myself. Like tonight, we played a few hours of NBA 2K17, my league, but we love that mode, and we know we're not the only ones. So, you know, but when we're talking about like the importance of online and how that's been, you know, with a driving force, you know, look at the additions that NBA Live 19 added. What did they work on for Live nineteen? They worked on the online modes yeah, mostly exclusively you know they did the court battles thing they um, they made their uh, their online live NBA live modes more more robust and you made them more options and and almost every update seemed like it had to do with you know sharpening those online modes and they neglected most of the offline content. Making the product more linear and more just uh, for those online people, and it kills them because they're not making an all-around product that uh, that appeals to de- all those different demographics. Because at some point, online play gets old, yeah. even for. And you see this, by the way. There's people that say, you know, most two ks I put down after the first couple months. <laughs>
0: Which, which right? is where the single-player content is supposed to come in and carry the game through to the next exactly.
1: Release. They say, exactly. So they'll say for the 2K games, they say, I, I'll put down the online um, component after the first couple, two or three months, and I'll, then I'll start playing my league or I'll start playing offline content. And some people will say they play that for the rest of the game cycle. Or they'll say, honestly, I go from playing my online content and then I'll jump into my league and then I'll go back and play the online content to make it fresh to keep things fresh and they can't and feel like they can't do that with nba live so they don't have enough that just keeps them engaged and immersed and that's and that's where the offline um, component is so important making an all-around game is so important
0: and and i think we've had such deep franchise modes for so long that we we can't certainly in, in younger gamers it's just taken for granted you know we remember when simply being able to play a full season and maybe there was an all-star game that came up on the schedule in the early NBA live games when they implemented that uh you know that that was exciting you know just to be able to play that but we wanted more they added franchise and and, and you look at those early franchise modes and they're they're not awful but they're nowhere near as deep as even association on the previous generation of, of 2k and uh I missed out on a lot of that stuff, you know, I, I wish I had played more of those 2k games and played association because it's had so much stuff that I wanted to see in dynasty mode in uh, in NBA live and unfortunately that just fell by the wayside and now it's even more by the wayside as, as you were just, you know, illuminating there with uh, talking about NBA live 19 and its uh, lack of offline content. You, you know, you talk about the appeal to uh, the appeal to novelty and and the novelty these days obviously is putting yourself in the game or you know a lot of people don't necessarily use the face scan because <laughs> it doesn't work that well actually um and, and you know creating the, the player and having their own avatar and, and doing that and for us the novelty as i said was to put on the virtual gm suit to to take control of that something that, that came to mind that uh, i wanted to run by you on that uh, in that regard do you think it's because these i mean one, one of the big novelties i think of franchise mode back in the day uh was fictional trades obviously and the idea that you know you you they're controlling the team and say you're controlling your beloved Celtics and you're like you know what I'm going to trade Antoine Walker for David Robinson I'm going to try and trade Antoine Walker for David Robinson in the last few years of his career and and, I would (laughs) and and you're just like I mean I was going to say Walter McCarty but there's no way you're going to be trading Walter McCarty let's face it Um, um you know so you know you do that and it's the novelty of then then you've got the novelty of seeing David Robinson in a Celtics jersey right these days, so many stars change, and, and this is going to sound grumpy old man uh, groping about the uh, NBA today nope, but, but, say uh, but a lot of a lot of players change jerseys these days. I mean it's not about oh you know where where it will LeBron stay or go anymore for example, every time LeBron's four year deal has come up the last eight, ten years, it's been okay, where is LeBron going to go? not is he going to go where so we, we've come, we've become very and, and this, off, this past off season was crazy with player movement. We've become very used to players changing jerseys, so it's less of a novelty. I mean, is is that a thing? Do you think?
1: I think it could be. I think. And by the way, all Celtics fans loved Walter. Oh, I'm yeah. going to tell you. right now, I, it was he was such a popular Celtic, and the, the not only just because he was he was fun to watch on the court because he could light it up from three at any point, um, and he had some pretty sweet dunks and whatnot. But the dude was just so likable. Mm. He's such a likable guy. We we all love Walter. Um, as far as the trades thing, I think there's a, um, the the movement thing. There's a couple pieces to this, and and for people listening, this is going to make me sound like an old head, but I need you to listen. <laughs> Just listen to me.
0: Bear, bear with us so, on this one.
1: <laughs> bear with us on this one. I completely agree that uh, that movement. There's so much movement in the league now that it takes away the fun from playing GM. I do agree with that because I think it's so constant and nobody's really staying with their home team and there's movement every season. And I, I do agree. I think the other thing is I don't think people know their teams well enough and I don't think they're following, they're watching as much basketball. Yeah. That's, and that's good point, when I say yeah. their team, when I say their team, like you, you would, you would take the bulls in the franchise, right? Yeah. And you would, you would do what you had talked about um, with me on the past podcasts. But you were sitting in front of your TV watching every Bulls game. Yeah. You know what I mean? You were really sitting there and watching it. And you weren't able to back then really rely on going online or going on Twitter and getting these constant updates. Like it wasn't, you know, or watching highlights. It wasn't the exact same no. back when we were younger. When, when me, with, with the Celtics, I, I went so many seasons without missing one game. I sat in front of my TV and watched the entire pregame show. I watched the full game. I watched through halftime. I watched the end of the game. I knew the players like the back of my hand. And I, that means I was also watching their opponents every single night. Yeah. At, yeah. well. And I'll tell you, I know many people at work who really like basketball. And they all have local, they all have cable, you know, to be able to watch the Celtics. Hardly any of them watch, like sit down and watch the games. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They'll, maybe, they'll maybe spin past it and they'll, like, they'll maybe t- t- check it out for a minute. But most of the time what they're getting for information on their teams is online. Or watching highlights, or looking at a box score, and I think that there's a little bit of a disconnect with player, with people and their teams. I know this is the height of social media, but I don't think it's the same connection as what we had by watching every single game on a local broadcast.
0: It could be a case of oversaturation. You know, you, you can see yeah. every highlight very easily. You can get any information you want. Back in the day, you had to, you know, you had to scour every. You had to watch every game. You had to scour what. Online sources you could find for information. You you pick up the magazines. You you collected basketball cards to find out more about players. You you played video games and you looked at all the rosters. Yet I I've done a couple of Waveout Wednesday articles about it. Players that I remember pr- primarily through playing video games and remembering them showing up. I mean David Wood. You know I sent you that David Wood um, <laughs> that David Wood highlight reel.
1: Um, yeah, it looks like he looks like Larry Bird out there.
0: Yeah, I mean and that
1: highlight reel. It looks and, great. And that, <laughs>
0: that's the thing and i remember him and i you know even now i can picture his portrait on the his portrait from the pistons as it showed up in nba live 96 you know that's that's just uh how it is you remember, remember the players and that that disconnect i think is is definitely a big part of why uh, my league and the franchise mode isn't as, as big anymore and, and, and pe- people do like the uh the competitive aspect of it uh it's just it's interesting how that's changed because it was such a big deal and people wanted to see oh we, we want to see franchise get mode get deeper and deeper and and I think also My League has hit a certain point where it is, it is so deep it's hard to know what else to put into it. So I...
1: Yeah, like, yeah and, and you and I agree with this. My League, listen, 2K takes a lot of bumps and hits lately, especially over the last three years. We get it. But that My League mode is so deep. Phenomenal. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, it's unbelievable. We have, me and my brothers have no complaints at all about the, 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 the depth. Of that mode so i don't you know people want to and luckily i don't see a lot of criticism about that like mm-hmm. i don't see a lot of criticism about their my league mode which uh, is good yeah but. There's,
0: there's little things here and there that you might be able to add and it's worth suggesting of course in our, in our wish list but as it is it's it's incredibly deep as it is more more so than anything that live has done and live again we talked about this on the uh, 25th anniversary podcast and other other shows recently that live originated things you know but it's not about who did it at first it's who did it best and 2k is definitely done the franchise mode as good or better than any sports game i've ever played certainly any basketball game i've played um and, and it's again i i regret not spending more time with it in recent years because i've gotten more into the online side of things and the micro stuff and building up a player to play with the nlc squad And that's been fun don't get me wrong and you know, a lot of fun uh playing with the guys every friday night for a while after a couple of years but you know you look back and think oh i wish i had spent a bit more time in my league and certainly association on the last uh, generation as well because because it is just so deep and it's it's engaging it, it, it's all the management functions and scenarios and everything and, and i guess that's also the thing that's we have those imaginations because we you know we grew up uh, doing the commentaries we played you know that kind of thing we talked about last week uh yeah. you know when yeah. we t- in the 25th anniversary uh, special show um the two-parter go back and listen to that 301 and 302 people um go back and listen to any of our podcasts as well you know but, but certainly uh, those were a couple of great shows sure. a lot of fun to do uh, you know we had to imagine so much that once we started to to get to have that imagination catered to with franchise mode i think that uh, i think that's why it's so special to us and now it's it's a different experience that people have got now it's, it is more about the micro stuff and the the gameplay which is fine I, but i think it, the franchise mode really caters to imagination and and seeing what could be possible if if, you know if if i ran the team this is what i'd do as as if uh, any trade were possible (laughs) but you know any trade could be and that was
1: that was the appeal of it people in general had to use their imaginations more yeah just with you know outside of basketball gaming and just in general that's it's just the way it is the way it was and i i remember putting on nba showdown i was around 10 years old or or whatever and I remember playing a full season all the way through the playoffs with the, uh, with the Celtics. And I remember, like, Kevin Gamble in real life had a big game. And I remember, you know, trying to go off with him in the video game, just oh, yeah. like envision me getting all excited with NBA Showdown's graphics, pretending it's really Kevin Gamble. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, it's that part that I think has just been lost in, in a lot of ways in life is people don't use their imagination and, and, and they don't get creative the way that they that we used to. And so I could definitely see that side of it. I, I think I think part of the problem is is that people now have first off, expectations are through the roof. Number one. And they're gonna continue that way. But number two, people are in a way how do I put this? People are spoiled. Right? Yeah. With all of this content, and I think that people will latch. There's so much content, people will mostly latch onto what's cool and what's popular. And as you and I talked about right now, that's online. So no,
0: that definitely makes sense. And and just to back to back up a bit about the point about uh, play movement. Obviously, players did move around growing up. You know, it's not like frequency is a new thing. Uh, in fact, I, I remember. The off season of nineteen ninety six was it was a big one, of course, and you would remember Shaq going to the Lakers that year, yep. and uh, Takemi Matumbo went to the Hawks, and uh, the Knicks got Alan Houston and Chris Childs in free agency, and they traded Anthony Mason for Larry Johnson. Uh, can you tell I used to do roster updates for NBA Live ninety six because <laughs> <laughs> I, that's why I remember all these all these trades and everything from that season. Uh, yeah, so but we but it to see big names move around it, it wasn't as it didn't happen as much you know obviously shack was a bit very big deal when that happened and, and players did change teams uh but it, it's become so commonplace that yeah as i said seeing, seeing a player in a different jersey is not as novel a concept anymore so it's not as appealing but that being said obviously we still love it a lot of people who have been playing a long time love it uh even the younger game you know as i said the younger gamers do uh, do enjoy it so so let's talk about you know setting up a a a franchise a franchise mode game it's very important and i think you'll agree to pick the team that you like and want to play with rather than you know if you do if you're doing some kind of series youtube or you know written series on our our story section or whatever picking one that you think people are going to enjoy you know you've got you've got to pick the right team that you're going to like the roster like what you can do with the roster and both playing with it and making trades and whatever and and guiding them through multiple seasons if you can play multiple seasons Uh, and also you know, even things like you've got to like their jerseys and logos. You've got to like the branding. You've got to really like the team you've picked if you're going to have a successful seasonal franchise game.
1: Yeah, if you're uh, if you're a content creator and you choose a team just because you think people want to see it, they're going to see that you don't have the same passion and understanding of that team. And that's going to reflect in your work, um, in my opinion. So... I think even if whether you're a content creator or you're like you or me and we're just trying to play a a league against the computer or against a relative or friend or something like that, um, you definitely got to, you know, like who you're using. And I think the other part is, is using a team not only that you like, but that you can envision, you know, if you're going to make changes, you know, and envision changes that you would like to make like you had mentioned in your thread you had talked about what team should i start it with you know what would be a good up-and-coming team and we or or a team to use and we had talked about the bulls and and the timberwolves and the maybe the Cavs, which would be a nightmare to try to fix um but i think they're going to trade Kevin love by the way sounds
0: sounds like That's it yeah the-
1: um, and I have no idea where he's going to go. I just I, I wouldn't be surprised if somehow he ends up on the Lakers or Rockets, just mm. because the league would love that. <laughs> um, we all know, but uh, or Minnesota, or Milwaukee. Actually, I wouldn't be surprised if he landed there. But anyway, I'm getting off topic. But the point is, is that yeah, I agree. I think you you have to use a team that you really want to like, want to use, and that that you like to some level. But also a team if you're going to play GM. That you're going to, you can envision, you know, changes you'd like to see.
0: And as far as changes that you want to see, uh, I don't know how you about how you feel about this, but obviously, it is about it's it's a fantasy mode. It's it's about creating your own reality and playing through seasons, at least one season, maybe more, depending on how much uh, time you have and want to invest into it, how much you simulate, obviously. But I, I found that if you make too many trades too quickly, it just spoils the experience because the identity of the team just changes so much game to game sometimes if you're just wheeling and dealing all the time uh, you're never really getting that attachment to these virtual players and uh, you can end up just stacking your team and then it just becomes very boring kind of like stack teams in the current NBA off topping again Um, but I I think you have to be very careful I find that I have to be very careful about what trades I make because if I go too crazy with it if I try to change reality too much too fast it, it kind of gets a bit silly for me unless I was actually do, unless I'm doing some kind of fantasy scenario with a draft or, or you know historical teams or something. Uh, I like to start off fairly realistic and then just slowly make changes in a in a realistic kind of way. that That's but well, that's just me.
1: Well, I mean, if you're if you're like LeBron James, you could just stack them before the season starts. No, that's true. Gra- yeah, a, grab a couple of primed all stars and you'll be good to go. Um, but. No, I think I think that my brother ruined a season once that all three of us were playing. Where he got really frustrated because he lost. He won his first game and lost the next four, and then he traded. He did like seven or eight trades, <laughs> and completely changed the look of his team. And he also still got crushed <laughs> with the new team. That's but tough. he was it ruined him just because they ruined the season. Um, just because he realized that he had lost the identity of his team because he overreacted. I think um, I think if you're going to do it, you probably want to try to do it to some realistic level and not try to cheat the game um, and cheat the other teams in the league that you're playing with. And I know that it was easier to do that on past games. Yeah. But if you use the realistic salary cap now and those options within the game, um, it's it's really hard to cheat the game with trades. Yeah um so I think that as long as you're as you try to make it realistic and follow a path of you know what the teams do now in the now NBA or whichever season you're playing then I think you can make it a pretty good experience
0: it's because it, it doesn't just change the identity of your team but it it weakens the rest of the league then and then it's not as fun to play against you know one of our complaints that we, we've talked about and on social media and on the podcast before is one of the reasons we don't had that same connection to the current NBA, why, why we're having trouble resonating, What it hasn't, you know, doesn't resonate with us as much, is that we grew up watching a league where the, the stars were more evenly distributed and you have all these great matchups night after night. And so then in the game, if if the teams are stacked, you get that same situation on the virtual hardwood, where suddenly you've got this stacked team and you're going against these really weak teams and it's, you're not getting the challenge. and it's, It becomes more about how do I divide up the minutes and stats between my star players than... You know, get a challenge and and have a simulation of the NBA experience.
1: Yeah, the Mavericks just beat the Pelicans by over forty today, and then I'm seeing like thirty, forty, forty-five point blowouts. I feel like almost every night, and there's so many, you know, there's so many bad teams in the NBA now in both conferences. Uh, but I don't, I don't know how anybody could say that any other era is more watered down than what we have right now um in the real hard on the real hardwood in the nba um it's a lot of games you watch and teams are down you know i think you've seen this you they're down like 37 to 11 to start the game 28 to 9 like you're seeing all of these teams get completely pummeled yeah and it's just crazy and and then you'll see teams like the clippers get pummeled because somebody's taking load management and i mean the nets are winning without Kyrie. Which they have a much better record without him than they do with him, but anyway, the the point is is I, I definitely agree with you. You don't you don't want to get to the point in a game where you make it too easy because you're doing trades that maybe teams wouldn't do and it weakens them. Then yeah. um, you just re- start rolling over every team that you play. So I agree with that.
0: Uh, to, to your point, you know, just to talk about the real NBA for a moment, uh, I'm just glancing at the standings. And it, for years, the West was so stacked and powerful. In the East, you know, the Eastern Conference and everything. You look, you look at the West now. There's, there's two teams in the top eight at the moment, the Tim Wolves and the Suns, as we're recording this, uh, that are under 500, which was more of an Eastern Conference thing a few years ago.
1: I said, and I said this too is. You know, people are are continually trying to stay, and it's people that just don't know what they're talking about, or they have agendas because of LeBron and and Anthony Davis and whatnot. But talking about how, oh, look what's happening in the West now. Oh, yeah, you guys said he couldn't succeed in the West. Well, the West was better last year, and you know the Lakers didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, and then this year, there the West is like a shell of itself because of injuries across the conference and just really weak teams. Like you said, there's two teams under 500 in the top eight. Um, then they're all, they're acting like the West is what it was before, but usually those people that are doing that either don't know any better or they're just trying to suit their agenda.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, <laughs> not looking at the yeah. latest thing. It's it's yeah, it's, it's working off old information. Yeah, the West is stronger. Well, it was, but
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm not so sure anymore. And I said that in a, p- a recent post. I said, you know, looking up top to bottom, is the West really better than the East this year? 100. i think both conferences are very weak but it's questionable
0: at, at the top there's a bit of strength there but then it, it it really uh it really tapers off and it's it's actually funny i'm looking at the standings and they do remind me a lot of some of the weird stuff i'd see in franchise mode at at the time and uh and, and i mean that's another thing with franchise to, to bring it back to the virtual hardwood. we'd get very passionate about stats looking as realistic as possible and that's always hard especially once players start getting traded around you know what what's realistic and when you do see some of the wacky moves and unexpected free agency moves and everything, what what's what is realistic these days? But you, you would always see. I think NBA Live Ten was really bad of it that a lot of players like Dwight Howard, who was a, a twenty and ten guy at least at, the, at that time, was averaging about like fourteen and ten in the game. Like they never average enough points and things like that. And it, it would always it always bother me, you know, being that, you know, funnily enough, you know, as much as we, you know, I'm the kind of person, ah, oh, stats nerds. I, I did care about the stats in the games, looking. You know, you'd still want the, the the games to reflect reality in that sense. That you'd want you know, your top scorers in the real NBA to be scoring the most points uh, in your game as well. And it, it's it was really a big part of the experience to to face players again, both in gameplay and simulation, that were playing like their real life counterparts.
1: Well, look at NBA Two K Seventeen. Remember the fiasco when it was first released for the first couple months? Guys were getting zero steals and zero blocks.
0: That's right. For the, yeah.
1: um, or they would a good majority of the players in the game were getting like 11 assists and they were playing like they were starters playing 32 minutes a game or like big guys would have, um, you know, no steals, no blocks. I mean, uh, no steals, no assists. So the game was released like that. And if you also remember, I'm pretty sure it was two K 18 where they had no badges for the, um, for the, uh, the uh, classic, uh, a lot the of the Stars classic teams. teams yeah, yeah that's, that's
0: right. Yeah, they, they didn't have the badges assigned, yeah.
1: didn't have And that was when the, when the game released. And by the way, we talked about this before. That's what bothers a lot of people is the fact that it's not just the fact that there's a number of patches. It's like a lot of the patches that come through should never have had to be done because they should have been done before launch. Yeah and people have to wait months before those get fixed. So, I mean, me and my brother had to go through on 2K17, and um, when we were making our roster and whatnot, we had to spend, I'm not joking, hundreds of hours adjusting the tendencies for the players and attributes in order to get them to have realistic sim stats. And I think that does play a factor, you know, because if their tendencies are wrong, they're not going to play right on the court either.
0: That's right, yeah.
1: If, you know, if I'm playing against the Houston Rockets and Russell Westbrook's shot tendency is at 55, he's not going to shoot as many shots as Russell Westbrook is supposed to shoot. That's right. Yeah. So you have issues like on 2K20, Luka Doncic has a zero by default on his step back. Yeah. Have, you, has, have you watched Luka Doncic? Luka Doncic does that, <laughs> that James Harden sidestep and step-back stuff all game. It's like one of his one of his moves. So if you don't go in and adjust that, not only is um, Doncic not going to play right when you're playing against him, but it's also go- going to affect how his sim stats come out depending on his other tendencies and attributes as well. So... I am a, I'm a stickler with that, and people notice that on my roster. I, I posted that in my 2K17 thread during my previews, you may have remembered. I posted, like, stats from a sim season with many of the teams to show, hey, look how close these are to the real numbers, because it absolutely is important, and it adds to the immersion to be able to go through the league and see players getting similar stats to what they would get in real life.
0: And something that actually bothers me, it's and it happens in my career as well because it's the same sim engine obviously and you might have noticed it free throw shooting is abnormally high like there's usually every year in in the last few games i've noticed about 15 or 20 players shooting above 90 percent from free throw range and not just early on in the season when you know the stats are lower and everyone's kind of qualifying for it but even late in the season you've got the top free throw shooters shooting above 95 percent in some cases and that just doesn't happen i mean you know they talk about all People, are, uh, players are better shooters these days. By percentages, no. And, and certainly with free throws, you're not seeing that. And, and it's one of those things that you just need to tune that a little bit just for the realism because it does, as you say, it, take, it takes you out of the immersion that ex- of the experience when you look at the the stats and something just doesn't feel right because the players aren't playing like their real-life counterparts.
1: It's an oversight. It's They overlook it because it's not 100% tied into their their, you know, mission you know as a game as far as um it's not tied in a hundred percent to the experience that matters that that they think matters to users and i think that's why it's overlooked you know another thing too is you know things like i don't know if you notice this that i feel this way with at least 2k20 um going all the way back to 2k17 is um foul sliders by default i feel like there's too many fouls that happened during a game and they're just constant and it's even worse than it is you know watching james harden get fouled in real life um it's just constant fouls and another thing that i've noticed too as far as um, things that are overdone is offensive rebounds mm, yeah. um rebounds, rebound especially on the court when you're playing offensive rebounds is a legacy issue with 2k and it's been overpowering for years and even messing with the, full, with the sliders and putting like offensive rebound at 20 or 30 and defensive rebound at 70 or 80, you still get the overpowering offensive rebounds a lot of the time. I, I've, um, I've noticed that yeah.
0: CPU players are very good at following their own rebound. Like, and even if they put up an off-balance layup and should be out of position, somehow they bounce back and get the offensive board. And oh, that, that's, that's a real pet peeve of mine playing the games these last few years.
1: And sometimes, and sometimes they do it multiple times in a row. Yep. i you'll see a guy get four or five offensive rebounds straight, and a lot of times you'll be boxing out. Because um, I'm a big, um, you watch some of my videos. You always see me boxing out, um, like my gameplay videos, and I'm still they're still grabbing rebounds over my back, yep. and like going through my body, and they're still like getting it in in positions where they shouldn't be able to. And I think you know that's kind of, I think the offensive rebounding thing is kind of a legacy issue. It's it been is, an issue yeah. for a long time
0: so yeah that that and uh psychic steals are two of my big uh, gameplay complaints
1: oh yeah being able to get, their back is turned yep and uh and they
0: still put the hand and out and just yeah use the force to will it in yeah that that's um, and yeah it's, uh, and it, and it's it's one of those things that it's it's been in games for a long time uh i, I think they used to be a little bit better at hiding it because it, it does feel very forced very canned these days
1: yeah oh yeah I, I think um also we we notice it more now i think i think part of it is and we've been playing video games basketball video games for so long i find myself critiquing everything a lot more that's
0: that's true as well and and maybe that's where we get the disconnect with some some of the younger gamers who who have maybe not grown up and seen the all the tricks and seen all the improvements and the ebb and flow of, of games improving and then uh, declining in some respects as well Uh, speaking of of playing through seasons you know you you set yourself up for a season you've got your team you've got your vision of what you want to do which is absolutely important definitely agree on that point Um, i have on many occasions played through entire seasons on 12 minute quarters it's always been my goal back in the day i'm finding it a lot harder now obviously you know 35 other (laughs) other uh, uh, responsibilities and, and such can't always just play games you know and we were t- actually we we're talking about this um off air as well you know the uh, uh still still gaming as, as an adult i guess you know being an older gamer and, and some people look down on, on video games and well, what do you want me to do in my spare time as, as a hobby you know when i'm not you know with a significant other or uh, or friends or at work or whatever you know what what am i supposed to do if i'm not uh, you know enjoying a, a hobby that i like uh, but certainly it does get harder to play full seasons swap in a quarters etc um you kind of have to i think make uh make your peace with with simulating if you want to get through multiple seasons because the nba season is very long obviously and if you're playing 12 minute a quarters uh it will take a long time to get through 82 games and then playoffs at least 16 games if you uh, sweep your way through the whole playoffs it's uh, and, I, and i've done it and i've played through multiple seasons on occasion and playing every single game and it's always felt like a great accomplishment but i, I think moving forward because i do want to transition back into more franchise gaming this year is I, i've unfortunately you know Well, well, you know, I say unfortunately because it's kind of sad because you realize I'm getting a bit older and and whatnot. But I've I've come to the point where I realize I'm gonna have to sim some games just to get through a season.
1: Yeah, as far as the um, the whole playing video games when you get older, we did yeah we did talk about that before the call, and I I said this to you, and uh, you know somehow you know people who go out and drink three to four nights a week, you know they go to the bar or whatever somehow they're more responsible and more adult than me sitting at home enjoying a video game yeah and somehow their time is somehow somehow i'm childish Uh, for go go figure Yeah. yeah go figure yeah um as far as games so you mentioned 12 minute quarters i can't play a season any other way a franchise or a my league i i gotta do 12 minute quarters and the two games we played tonight me mark and nick um we all you know we always play 12 minute quarters 100 percent. whether it's against the computer against each other on the same team not only for the sims for the stats aspect of it but because that's the real game and we're playing a sim basketball game and and that's why we do it and i, I assume that's why you do as well
0: very much uh, so. um so on that point because NBA Live has uh, accelerated clock options so you can play the 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 full 12 minutes but it the full 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 12 minute quarters I should say 48 minute regulation game but it will be a bit faster except for the final 2 minutes so The clock is, i think one and a half speed something like that and of course in 2K you've got the um you got normalized stats where you can adjust the stats for 48 minute uh, for 12 and a quarters even if you play less uh, how, how do you feel about those options because I, I like them i believe they should be in the game and i, I want to make advent- I want to make uh better use of them but again I, I find myself finding that it's very hard to break the habit of playing 12 and a quarters
1: i don't like it just because it feels fake mm. like i just don't it doesn't i think it's good to for people who don't have a lot of time but they want the minutes per game to line up with the other teams in the league that you know that they're using and you know they they want to still look at the clock and see that it says you know ten fifty one left and you know they can get that immersion out of it but for me for me i can't do it because i feel like i'm cheating real life
0: that's even that's, 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 yeah <laughs> I, I'm, I'm glad you know that we, we feel the same way about that it's i absolutely believe the option should be in the game I, i'd like to be able to take advantage of it just to Get through seasons quicker and, and you know uh, make better use of time or be more efficient but i it just doesn't it just doesn't feel right I just want that and, and I know some people say oh you can play the ten minute quarters and it's a little bit faster and you get the you know the stats maybe a little bit more realistic on ten minute quarters and everything but it, it just like you say you look at the clock and you see it you know starting at ten minutes of the quarter and ah, it just doesn't feel right
1: exactly and you know the other thing too I thought and I want to make so, make a point it's not all about being super realistic or anything like that so I'll, i'll explain one thing that we do when when my brother started so we we use classic teams for seasons a lot so whenever we do this we actually turn injuries off and the and we turn trades off and we turn the salary cap off all of it and the reason is is because when we're using classic teams in that season we are you we want the teams to stay intact the ones we're using and the ones we're going against to see how they go against each other at full strength for entire seasons. And we want to keep those teams intact so we don't allow trades. So it's not all about being, you know, making the most realistic experience and stuff. We try to use our imagination still. And those seasons, me and my brother finished multiple seasons that way. And it's so fun. Because every single time you like, if you play the 92-93 Suns, you're playing. You know, obviously we're using modded rosters. You're playing against Charles Barkley, Kevin Johnson, Dan Marley, Cedric Sabolos, Mark West. They're at full strength. Yeah. You know, you're you're playing against the ninety-nine, two thousand Pacers, and it's Reggie Miller, Jalen Rose, Dale Davis, Mark Jackson at at their full strength. And we really get our kicks off of that. We 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 leave things on like progressive fatigue, because we think it's realistic for players to get tired, you know, on back-to-backs and it's more of a challenge. Yeah. And we leave things like team chemistry on because, you know, while they won't there won't be trades or injuries or anything, we want to see, you know, you know, are the players playing right together? Are they getting along? Are they happy? etc. But, you know, I don't want people listening to the podcast thinking that, "Oh, you know, it has to be 12 minutes and we have to always play the GM and yeah. injuries yeah. on and all that and trade like and build a team." It's not all about that. You can use your imagination and put the, your my league and or franchise in different scenarios.
0: And the, those fantasy scenarios can be a lot of fun. Like I, I I've dabbled with it. I, I'm, I'm probably more the kind of you know start realistic and then start making you know trades that kind of that kind of thing is perhaps more my bag. But I do love that idea of, of taking in all the classic teams and, and doing it that way. And and it makes sense to if you if you're already already breaking the space-time continuum by having these play all these teams in their prime you know on their yeah turn off injuries turn off trades and just have it and in that fantasy scenario but maybe have the the challenge obviously of chemistry in that no i I absolutely understand i I think that's really cool and that is the other thing about that franchise experience is that you can you can customize it so much and and this is something if you look at the way that uh, my career has gone I really got into uh, into my career in two k thirteen which was the the year that it became my career. They, re- they renamed it from my player to my career and then my player was just the uh, the branding for the avatar basically. and you know I, I really enjoyed it, but one of the things because it was before the online connectivity of the mode is you could save multiple copies of that one save, which was great for backups in case anything went wrong for a start. But also because you could save backups and it wasn't automatically saved in sync with the server and you know what you do what you commit to is what happens you could try all kinds of things you could you could ask for a trade and just see how that went and if if not you can just go back to the previous you know uh, save or you could see you could try and get your coach fired and see what happened you know in all that when you go into the meetings with the with the owner with the, with the gm so you could you had you could experiment and I think we've lost that because because it's all about Building that right player and getting the right build and the right meta and the right uh, physical attributes and the right ratings and the right badges and and being on the right team to be able to do that in my career and all this kind of stuff and everything you do is automatically saved and synced with the server. You can't. It's become a very homogenised experience, my career, because you can't experiment. And that's the great thing about my league is that you can still have that um, kitchen sink fantasy kitchen sink kind of thing uh, that you can really shake things up and try some really wacky things and there's less uh consequences if that makes sense
1: that does and and i think the amazing file system of nba 2k 13 um like for the pc too and nba 2k 14 for the for the pc the just the amazing modding ability and file system and backing up saves and creating saves and stuff it's boy that's great Um, as far as, the I agree with that. And the other thing that, uh, I wanted to point out before I jumped into that is another thing that we do for my league. I'm passionate about my league, so I'm glad I'm on this podcast. Like my league and franchise type modes is what my brothers play the majority of the time, like 99.9% of the time, um, is we do a fantasy draft, whether it be with current teams or we do, um, you know, we include legends and we do a lot of times with those play the GM card, like you had said, and we'll do trades or allow trades and stuff like that. So um, there's just like you said, we just we have this ability to use our imagination and and do more and not be held back by, like you said, auto saves and um, a story and all of that stuff. We can kind of create our own story yeah, through my league and franchise so it's still this is still staying on topic you know that's the fun of it that's the beauty of it that's the imagination piece that i still hang on to from my youth i can still get out of the new games um because they still the new 2k they, the 2k my league mode is so robust and it still gives you all of those options to be able to do that stuff
0: and i think it's really cool that you and your brothers would also play uh, cooperatively as well because that's what my cousin and i used to do we we actually didn't play against each other very much. We, you know, my, my cousin Clinton. Shout out to uh, to Clint if uh, he's listening. Um, he, we'd we play yeah cooperatively a lot. You know, even in NBA Jam, it would always be us versus the CPU. You know, can we beat all the teams? Can we put up amazing stats? How many somersault dunks can we do? And then we'd go back to our season in NBA Live, and and play through it that way again. Us versus the CPU, and it's I, I know again it, that may sound very strange to people who are about you know i want to be the best player i want to be the very best like no one ever was just to quote pokemon for no reason <laughs> the um it's about beating other players online which is fine if that's what people enjoy and i've had fun doing that as well with with my dabbling with uh, uh 2k prime and whatnot but being able to play through that season uh, with somebody else and be able to share the gm duties and share the the on-court experience as well it's uh, yeah it's actually i get maybe underrated uh co-op play in in basketball games it's It's something you don't really we always talk about the online competitive scene and going head to head but the, you know the co-op game is a lot of fun as well
1: yeah kids you're missing out. I just want to tell you that it's it's so much fun trying to beat up on the computer and and well, these games are- are difficult sometimes and you really do have to be on the same page um in order to succeed and you know the the way that we do it is um, like tonight, for example, I'll give you the example of what we did when we played tonight. It was me, Mark, and Nick all on the same team using the 2000-2001 Lakers in a my league. And uh, I lock on Kobe, Nick locks on Shaq, and Mark uses the other three. Okay. And so me and Nick both player lock, and we use those those the shooting guard in the center position all game, and Mark will use the other three. And normally what Mark's doing is he's spotting up with Derek Fisher, Robert Ory, um, and Rick Fox. And then, you know, off the bench, he'll be spotting up with Tyronn Lue, um, uh or Isaiah Ryder and whatnot. And I got to tell you, the amount of fun and laughs and enjoyment and even struggle because we barely won the last game we played tonight. We won by six against the Jazz. Um, it's just I can't listen. I know kids like to play online and everything, but I hear more complaining and frustration about how the online system works and about people quitting constantly. And I saw your stuff about trying to jump into the wreck, yep, and all that. Like your article about how like that was frustrating more than it was enjoyment for the most part of it. You know, I can't. I can't tell. There was not one frustrating bad moment in the last three hours of us playing um nba UK 17 on the same team tonight we just had an absolute blast
0: and, and, I think and even if something I, happens with the cpu sorry to interrupt but if anything happens it's a bit cheesy or whatever it, you can kind of commiserate together and you're like ah oh, that was and it's almost like you're watching the game you know it, it's exactly. and that
1: happened tonight there was a there was a play like that where there was a foul the bs file that gave me my fifth with kobe and we all were like oh because it was a close game, and you want Kobe in, of course. Um, and we were all able to join in on that frustration and and get over it together too. So,
0: no, that that's that is part of the experience. And of course, you know, there is online co op. That is what Prime is about. But because there's so much squat, because of the lack of matchmaking options, there's so much squatting up with randoms and randoms jumping off the park because they look at your your win loss record or whatever, and they don't like the look of you, or oh, you know, he's only. The, the, the new my rep system has just really <laughs> increased the whole level of elitism it's it's solved some problems by causing others you know it, it's just there's a lot of issues with the online play at the moment and, and you you do, especially playing with randoms is not not fun so again that that local experience a local multiplayer whether it's playing with or against there, there's something that's very special about that old school experience you know it, it's it's not just nostalgia it's it eliminates a lot of the problems that people have with the current online system because the online play has become so toxic sadly because it's it's a very cool idea online team play and to go back to my league online that also is an awesome idea the fact that it's not working and it's not viable and that the online scene is so toxic it's a shame because you could take that really great franchise experience and put it online as, as you've done as they've done with my league online and it really should be better. And putting aside the server issues, which two K and server issues, you know, name a more iconic duo, Billy K, Pete Noyce. Yeah, you know, it's it's a shame because you, you can ev- have an evolution of that great experience. And I do think people are missing out by My League Online not being as viable an option as you know, unfortunately,
1: is the case. The the fun you have is only as good as your company mm. when it comes to that. And that's the way I look at it. Like you, I was reading your Rec League, and that's why I don't consider that the same type of co-op play. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was reading your, your, your Rec League, um, your Pro-Am stuff, and you're reading about how, you know, people would jump out of the game. They were toxic. They were ball hogging. Or you'd have five to start, and then one person would quit, and then another person would quit, and you'd be three on five. Yep. And stuff like that. And that's not the experience that I would enjoy, and that's why I don't play online. Um, when I, when I talk local co-op, I mean with loved ones or with friends yeah. and stuff like that, and I think part of the problem is I don't think kids are hanging out as much anymore. I think, I think a lot of people are, you know, they're online, especially read on operation sports and, and on the NLSC. people are, are, they got their headsets on and they're sitting in a room in an empty room most of the time, maybe their bedroom or something like that. If they're a teenager or if they're an adult, they're sitting in their living room with their headset on and they're playing people that they don't know randoms or even people they do know, but they're there. It's online. Yeah. And I think that <clears throat> there is a big difference between online play like that and local play. And I just, I'll say again, the amount of memories I've, made playing local my league franchise against my brothers and friends or on the same team thousands of memories and like we talked about before it's all about the memories you create so
0: and, and you you do remember them through the years and and yes i remember my you know fun nights with the nlsc squad and i've got, put together some video mixes of our highlights and that's always great but i go back to all those dynasty games and franchise games i played on I uh, played an NBA Live back in the day. I brought it up on the podcast before many times uh, when I was able to trade uh, Marcus Fizer, Jalen Rose, and uh, Roger Mason Jr. for Kevin Garnett in NBA Live 2004. And the fact well, that I, I mean
1: saw... Marcus Fizer are straight up for Kevin Garnett, right? I mean that that might work.
0: Oh yeah, so... I mean, no, I, I was I was really being generous in the, <laughs> throwing in the rest of them, but getting that trade getting that trade to work and then trying to work kg into the lineup because funnily enough i was looking back at my my story thread for that when i faced the timberwolves i actually lost to them you know the straight after because i was still trying to figure out other parts of my lineup and of course the bulls weren't that deep that year so i really had to figure out how to make kg even greater than he was basically Um, and i remember that and i remember with my live 06 and the the trades i made and you know the the teams that i beat in the playoffs uh, you know, and the, my winning streak coming to an end and not being able to have the perfect suite through the playoffs um, it sticks out in your mind because it's these realities that you create with franchise mode and that's what I love about it is that whether you go right off the wall with it and just make something really crazy or if you just have a bit more mundane or even if you just have the real rosters because a lot of people like to play along uh, I'm not sure if you've seen Phil89's story thread in the forum at the moment uh, yep Yep, I've you seen know it. he's actually because he, he was playing along with the with the thunder when they had um when when they had westbrook and george last season he got through and got to the off season and then you know that team broke up in real life and traded for chris ball and whatever so he made those real deals and by using the uh, other controls with the other teams made made all the real transactions so he's basically playing with not playing right along with the real nba he's still creating his own uh scenarios and, and whatnot but actually making some of the trades and, and letting getting some of the con- taking some of the control out of his hands and that's also an, an interesting way to
1: play yeah see it's it's unbelievable the amount of things you can do so he is using his imagination in a way but at the same time he's also still trying to follow in line with what's happening in real life
0: and be challenged. but he's making yeah be, be challenged right. by that
1: Right, it's crazy. Um, I know this is going to be really random because you brought them up a while ago, but for some reason it's on my mind. You were talking about the trades in 1996. Um, this yep. is so this is actually to I'm bring this up. So now, but uh, I just find it amazing that they ended up with Sprewell, too for 98.99 and made the finals. I just
0: <laughs> as a yeah. random
1: thought, I just they ended up with a really stacked squad. And if Ewing had been able to play in that finals, who knows what would have happened?
0: The, the what ifs, so. you know, scenarios. Absolutely.
1: um, yeah because he wasn't okay for the finals but no i agree so i think i think the thing is is that there's so many different things that you can do in um in franchise in my league mode it shocks me that more people aren't doing it Uh,
0: do you you think maybe people want that curated experience now i mean there's some people who prefer my gm because my GM, of course is more rpg based and you have you have to please the owner and whatnot and sometimes they've got the story on it as well Maybe people want more of that curated experience because it's perhaps more of a more of a video game and there's more production values. Although not everybody likes the my career stories or the my GM stories, but maybe that is it's it's we we used as we brought it up, you know, on this very podcast, we had to use our imagination back in the day because you didn't have all those bells and whistles. So we're used to it, and we want to still, to a certain extent, have that. And it's not like I don't enjoy games with a storyline, like like a Grand Theft Auto, you know, series or Fallout or whatever. But certainly with the sports games I'm so used to having that my own reality and my own fantasy so so to speak that anything trying to impose on that and drive it it's it's been it feels like an imposition it, it's getting in the way quite often of the fun and, and certainly with my career I can tell you you do something on the court and it doesn't match up with the story or you want to role play your character a certain way but in the cutscenes he's acting in a way that's like, I don't want I don't want to be this douchebag you know <laughs> that's something we've talked about. <laughs> On, on previous yeah. shows uh ben kenny and i uh there's sometimes the character that they've had in the cutscenes. like i don't want to roleplay as this person this you know this is this is a jerk you know so it's it, it gets in the way of the uh of the experience sometimes
1: i think um yeah I, I think one of the things is is that people care about I, it sounds like i'm harping on I'm, su- I'm such an old head it's ridiculous Okay
0: um
1: then okay boomer yeah um people care about what other kids are playing and what other people are playing and they want to be involved in those modes and they want to be involved in that conversation it's the same thing that the media pulls, like i stated prior with like the james harden conversation and the lebron james is is he is he you know the goat or whatever hurts me to even say that (laughs) uh but it's the same thing, and you know that that's what kids are going to talk about, and that's what they're going to go along with, and that's what they're going to be talking about with their buddies. It's the same thing with the game. Is you know, if people are talk, if, if people are talking about the my career mode or playing the my career mode, and their friends are playing the my career mode, they're going to want to play my career. And no matter and like you said, if even if it's linear and it's it's unimaginative and whatnot, they're still going to do it. And, you know, if, if, if people are creating their characters and talking about archetypes and they're talking about, um, you know, what's the best archetype and, you know, playing online and getting into the park, that's what they're going to do. That's what people are going to do. And the way I look at it is if there was this big explosion of my league popularity and everybody was talking about my league, I feel like more people would be talking about my league and playing it. You know what I mean? So I think it's it's a lot of that. And I do agree with you. One of the reasons why I never liked my career is because of – it forcing you through a story and forcing you around characters that you don't care for or using a character that you don't care for with a personality that you don't care for and stuff like that. And it's just too linear.
0: And yeah, no, I I absolutely agree, but it's funny because we used to have those discussions. You know, it's funny how it's changed to, to being something like, you know, what is the best build and what are the best. And now that they've changed the build system a bit in, uh, in 2K20, you know what are the best badges to get what do you need to do to customize and, and min maxing and, and the best physical attributes to really you know the 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 meta gaming aspect of it and it used to be okay what players do you, are the best ones to get on a budget in uh in in franchise mode you know who, who do you who do you go for who do, how do you run out your team who's the best team to play with who's what's the most interesting scenario to play with because obviously you need to play with one that appeals to you but it's not not always your favorite team sometimes it might just be if you're if you if your if your favorite team is not that good to play with, like the Bulls were for a few years there in the early two thousands, you know who else is appealing and what what else can you do, you know, and what's a good what's what's a good trade you can make with this team and that kind of thing. What's a good what are good plays to run for this team, you know? We don't get that kind of conversation anymore. And it's it's kind of sad.
1: Yeah, and I, I talked about that whole thing in um, in the forum too about how conversation centered around anything outside of online play um and you know even just gameplay like it's just people are not talking about it enough on operation sports or on the nlsc um nlsc has become such a modding centerpiece and it's become like the main place for modding that you know gameplay discussion and whatnot has kind of fallen by the wayside and uh you and i both try to get the spark going on that sometimes and sometimes it's met with venom because a lot of times what happens is is you bring up areas of the game that frustrate you and on the uh for whether it be whether you're playing my league or just regular you know play now or gameplay issues with the wreck or any other online mode and it gets met with go play another game or other people are enjoying the game just you know stop complaining about it or this isn't a problem to me i don't understand why it's a problem for you and that's, you know yeah
0: that, that's the thing no <laughs> one's saying straight. that you you, that you can't enjoy the game if it's if something is not bothering you that's i kind of envy that to be honest you know if something is if people can get enjoyment out of a game that i just can't because often you can see the good of it but there's just that one or two issues that just bother you too much to really enjoy the game and if it's not bothering other people you think wow you know that's that that's kind of good for them, honestly. You know, what, you know, when I say good for them, I don't I don't mean it uh, facet- facetiously. You know, I actually mean, <laughs> you know, I, w- I wish I could enjoy the game. And, and uh, again, to have that uh, focus on my league is not to say, well, let's get rid of my career and all the connected modes, because we do need that well rounded product, and we've talked about that so many times, and how that's an issue for NBA Live, and it's it shouldn't. Nothing should come at the expense of anything else and if we can all enjoy the game as as we want to enjoy the game so much the better and and i, I think again that's that's why fr- uh, franchise modes you, you do not don't have to worry about anybody else and that's that's the beauty of the of the single player is that it does if, if there's somebody trying to ruin the experience like the people who are griefing or, or or being ball hogs or whatever and just trying to freeze you out you don't have to worry about any of that stuff it's it's just you and the game or you know, if you're playing some local cop or or um or whatever it's not multiplayer it's uh yeah it's, it's just um you don't, have to, you don't have to worry about all those outside factors that can really change change the game and and even you know having played a bit more single player this year well i say i've been playing a lot of my career in 2k19 obviously when i wanted to make the hall of fame but going back to the traditional franchise modes and my even my team this year the game has felt very different and I, i'm remembering an experience that's less about grinding hard and you know trying to get a player up and avoid microtransactions and everything else and some of this, the garbage you do with online it's been very refreshing to get away from that and that's why it's so great to have that my league there And i'm looking forward to diving into that over the holidays just just to be able to to go back to this experience that is still there and that's why it's so important that this traditional uh, franchise mode experience is still a part of the game and that's what people perhaps don't understand
1: i said this i said this many times and i said it on on the forum too is if at any point you find yourself being more frustrated with a game than enjoying it or more, in frustrated, more frustrated with a mode than enjoyment, like if you're spending more than 50% of your time getting frustrated and trying to avoid issues, then it's probably best for you to try something different.
0: Yeah. That, 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 that's, this, that, that's when play something else becomes good, good advice.
1: Right. And when, and when I say play, and, and it's not even a lot of times playing something else, maybe it's playing another mode. Right. Or getting even even within that game. Um, And and by the way, that doesn't mean that people shouldn't critique because that's exactly what happened with me with 2K18 is I was putting on the game and my brother was putting it on, too. And we were playing and we were like. Complaining constantly. We were like, why is this happening? Why is my player moving like this? Why can I just run by the CPU? Um, why are these all these glitches happening? Why are these legacy issues still in the game? And we found ourselves the good majority of the time just complaining about the game. And we were like, you know what? We're going to get our feedback out. I'm going to get it out on the NLSC. I'm going to post it on Twitter. I'm going to tag the devs and, and Mike Wang. And I'm going to move on from the game i'm not gonna play it and i think that that's happening with a lot of people with the online mode and why you see we talked about this before the call too is the steam review scores being um very negative yeah or mostly negative um for the last three years seeing on metacritic the user score like being a two or a 2.1 which doesn't match up with the regular reviewers um and you're seeing that frustration from people where they're saying, all I'm trying to do is avoid microtransactions, and all I'm trying to do is avoid this gameplay issue, and all I'm trying to do is enjoy the game, but I can't get my enjoyment out of it. I can't get the enjoyment out of it. The, um, a lot, that's why a lot of people are walking away from their online mode. We talked about this before, their online play and all of that stuff, just a couple months into the game cycle because they get, they're getting so much frustration out of it.
0: No, definitely, and that's and it's a shame because these games do come out every year. So you've, you've really got about twelve twelve months, maybe even less to the date, to to enjoy these games. And but with that being said, you know you've gone back to two K seventeen, and that's the other great thing about a franchise mode because there isn't uh, the there is online component. Although there is, if you're using the custom, um, if if you're using custom branding in the recent games, unfortunately, uh, you lose that. Uh, you lose that ability to upload assets to the server when the server gets shut off, and and then customize teams that way, which is a shame. Uh, but you can go back, and you can you can dust off. Like I can go back, and I can dust off my NBA Live 06 Dynasty that I love and have played up to the third season with, whenever I want. You know, it's getting a bit harder to go back because games are getting better and better, obviously. And as much as I love Live 06 PC, it you know it, it's it's over ten years old. You know, it's it's over thirteen years old, in fact, fourteen. So it is getting harder to go back but if i want to i can and everything there is functional and, and that is something that we're losing with games as it moves towards even my team of course my team and and my career it's uh, it's all about the connectivity and the online and and a player that you lose progress for when the new game comes out you know it's and that's that's actually something you don't get with because you have to start over with franchise modes every year obviously you can't transfer franchise modes through say franchise saves through but because it's a brand new season and new players and everything, there's still that freshness to it. That are, and because you don't have to grind up a player again, it doesn't feel like you're starting from scratch.
1: No, and by the way, about the, the um, you know, you can pick it up and play it at any time. That's, for people that play My League and everything, it gives the game staying power um, far beyond the new titles. And for those people who don't enjoy that mode or never approach that mode, so we have a leg up there. Yep. Um, as far as being basketball gamers. But the funny thing about the 2K16, the, uh, I mean, I said 2K16, the um, the art, the uploading art. So me and my brother went back, and we started a season recently on NBA 2K16. Um, so we started in my league, and it was um, like a, a legend season of just beating up on the computer with our the, the legends lineup. And But we wanted to customize the team, so we obviously couldn't use uploaded content. So what we used was the default in-game stuff, and because of everybody using in the goat conversation, there's a logo they have, which is the Mountain Goat.
0: Oh, yes, yes.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So we built our jerseys and our court and all of that stuff and made our team logo the Mountain Goat, and we (laughs) were the NBA Goats. So you can still be creative with the in-game art and make it fun.
0: You know, I I, I actually uh, extracted a lot of those art files from using the uh, 2k17 explorer because i want to put them in my uh, i want to put them in the old nba live games actually just to, as like fictional team rosters kind of thing so like the san diego surf and all those teams the, the default ones oh yeah like i, yeah. I like pull, pull all the
1: logos out of the game like, that's uh, and
0: it, and the fact that they're still around that that's that makes it good as well
1: yeah, it's funny in the NBA Two K Seventeen hidden files. I, I almost did this, and I may do it for a roster update uh, for like a V three on my classic teams roster. I might put in all decade teams in the NBA Two K Seventeen hidden files. There's the '90s, '80s, '70s jerseys, like the you know the ones from um, when they used to have the all decade teams from the last gen. Yep, yep. Um, they have like the team logos, and I believe they also have um, the jerseys as well in there and stuff like that so that would be really cool to add all decade teams into an nba 2k17 roster like they had back in like 2k6 definitely in 2k7 and whatnot so like you said that's all the you know sorry for all of you listeners who are on console unfortunately you can't do that but um but but not to uh, act for the pc crowd but that's the one reason why i can never go back to console is we just we 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 have that ability and it's so cool
0: well you know that's the other thing with uh with, with a single player mode or offline cop whatever you want to call franchise mode all the capabilities that it can have is that you're not dealing with hackers online because that's if there's one thing consoles are better for it is online play because there's the bigger the larger uh, user base and you're not having people with uh, 10 foot arms maxed out badges 10 foot 5 uh, running with the speed of a guard and whatnot it's uh the online scene, again, has become so toxic that it is nice to have the uh, the franchise experience still in the game.
1: Yeah, it's... Um, I, I think what it is is people need to branch out and, like I, said, like I said, use your imagination more. If you're having that much frustration but you like the gameplay... And, and by the way, I hear that all the time. I hear... You see that on Operation Sports. You'll see threads created about it where people go, it's too bad that the online experience is... Um, The way it is because I really like the gameplay this year and I'm not saying and this is a case of me saying, well, if you don't like it, you're getting more frustration out of it. Try to get into my league. I'm not telling you to go play something else, but try to get into the offline content because you can if you really like the gameplay and you like the NBA, you can get into it and you can even use the player lock feature. Yeah. Which is a lot, of fun in my opinion. So, my advice for those people who are struggling um, to get more enjoyment than frustration in the online mode is to at least give it a chance if you haven't already.
0: So, as we as we wrap up and with some, perhaps some memories of uh, franchise and, and various strategies and whatnot, when you when you are playing with your brothers, have you ever played? Were, were you just controlling the one team? Do you ever argue over trades, or is you, have you always? picked your own team and then made your own trades uh, that way like how, how do your house rules work when you're all controlling either the same team or a different team
1: um well most of the time when we're playing together we turn trades off um when in when we if we make decisions like we used to do that a little bit more and not as much recently if we make decisions um and we're playing on the same team they're mutually we have to agree on them that's basically what it is. So if we're gonna if we're gonna make a trade, Nick and I because Mark never started these seasons with us. It's just me and Nick. Um, we would both have to agree that it's a beneficial trade, and if we both don't agree to it, we can't do it. We would fight over it. <laughs> Absolutely, we're brothers. So we would totally be. I, I'd say something was a good idea, and he, if he didn't agree with it, I, I would like try to find a compromise at some point. Um, but we would usually do that uh, as far as like types of seasons, as far as, you know, if we, let's say we were playing against each other in a season, um, we, we would just allow each other to do whatever. That's That's basically it. We wouldn't like argue over that.
0: No, that makes sense. And that's, that's another interesting dimension to it. The idea of, okay, I, you know, you talk about your brother making of those trades that end up kind of ruining the experience for him and that's that's kind, yeah, of,
1: that
0: on, that's, that's, that's kind yeah, of on that's that's kind of on him to you know manage his team properly so that it's still fun to play with and then if but if you're playing cooperatively and both uh, controlling the, te- the same team almost uh, almost like you know you might see in a real nba front office where you've got that conflict and that you know what do you want to do or the conflict between the owner and the gm or the gm and the coach or whatever so that's that's kind of interesting that it's uh, you get that same experience that the, the franchise experience again it just goes way beyond, perhaps what you see on, on the virtual hardware. That you've got these, especially if you do have that imagination, or if you are playing with somebody else, how, how much you can change up the experience in, in a very positive way.
1: Yeah, I think people, I think people online miss that component, and it really is a lot of fun. I do. I think, I think that um, the other part is is the whole face to face interaction and being able to have that talk in person mm. uh, is really a lot of fun. And it's just it's a good bonding experience for both my brothers and I. So,
0: if uh, and that's that was the same thing with my, my cousin and I growing up. he would come down every school holidays and stay with us for a couple of weeks, and uh, and yeah, just just alternating between jam and live, and you know, the uh, the wackiness of jam and uh, the experience of playing through a season in, in NBA Live and the franchises that we played and always it, it's funny because we when we'd call each other up on, on the phone, because before we had mobiles, cell phones, and to be able to text back and forth on social media, you know, calling up and, you know, oh, you know, looking forward to coming down and uh, and staying. And we'd actually make plans, and I would set it all up so it'd be all ready to go. So pretty much as soon as he walked in the door so that we could hit the computer and uh, and play. So it was, and, and that was, and that was somewhat, so that's so much
1: fun. That's everything to me. That's it. That's, ugh. Sorry, just nostalgia.
0: Yeah, and, no. and that's... And that's why it was such fun memories of, of setting up these seasons and saying, "Oh, do you think we should trade for for this person or that person?" And then setting it up and maybe even being on the phone with him. And I'm sitting in front of the computer setting it all up and like, "All right, I'll see you next week when you come down and, and we'll all, and we'll play this." And uh, yeah, that just came back to me that then you know that, that we'd be setting it up in advance and then picking it up and playing it through multiple holidays over the years, or if he'd come down for a weekend or something. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and then then of course sometimes we would play on consoles so we could take the memory card and we both have a copy of the game so we could play it there and the save would go back and forth and and, and you know of course live we talked about it the sh- on the 25th anniversary show how it lost when it went to dynasty mode how and it rebranded and revamped how it lost that ability to control multiple teams i know there were people in the forum who and, and ben did it actually with with a couple of people in the, in the community uh they found a way to to edit the, the game you can edit the the database files for the, the dynasty save to play with multiple teams but it's kind of buggy but and you'd you'd send the file back and forth to play so there was all that kind of stuff that we do and it was kind of innovative in its own way but it it all comes down to trying to get that experience and those those different uh, again making those different memories
1: yeah i'm going to tell you that the fact that nba live 19 you still couldn't use multiple teams Mm -hmm. in a dynasty it just are we, are you guys, you guys at EA Sports got to be kidding me. It's just, it's, you had it. <laughs> you had it 15 years before, and yeah. all of a sudden, it's just not there. You know, not 15, 19 years before. Yeah. NBA
0: uh, Live 2000, 19- yeah, over 20 years ago yeah. when, they, when they did it. So my, yeah. my, my, <laughs> Go ahead. My, my my favorite uh, franchise games uh, to date would be uh, my Bulls Dynasties in Live 2004 and Live 06 uh unfortunately live 4 i don't have that save anymore Live 2004 um <laughs> regret that to this day I, that i don't have that uh 06 i still do and that's why i'll keep that as long as i can keep that file safe and preserved in a backup somewhere and it's still still on my hard drive with the installation of live 06 of course uh 2000 when my cousin and i played through the abbreviated season um and and won the championship with the blazers that was really cool um i had one, one franchise with the sacramento kings in 2002 that i never finished I actually recreated it a couple of years ago, and uh, this article will be republished as part of our ongoing 25th anniversary of NBA Live content, uh, which I hope everybody is enjoying. By the way, um, yeah, so uh, those are some of my favorite memories. Do you have any that any stories of uh, of failure when it comes to franchises, like franchises, modes, saves that just just didn't work out?
1: I don't. I do have um, a favorite memories though from. The fra- um, franchise mode kind of like what you were just going over uh, um i'll, I'll, I'll t- La-
0: tell you what. I'll, I'll share my my some of my failed ones first and then we'll get to your positive memories um, oh, okay go for <laughs> um i had this really weird idea in 2002 of playing with the jazz and and putting together this really weird team um i, I traded for scotty pippen i traded john stockton for mike bibby yeah because that's that's how so weird and i had carmelone coming off the bench which i thought was hilarious because i've never been a big fan. Uh, and it was just such a stupid idea and i played about three games and i realized what am i doing this this is a this is a really dumb idea like it was funny for a game or two and then it was like this is just dumb um and and i've had games like that where i've set up a, a french and i and thought oh this is gonna be a really fun team to play with and it just hasn't been and, it, and 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 if you do that anyone you know abandon that quickly don't you know you gotta maybe push through the first few games see if it's just teething problems with getting used to the players or whatever but if it becomes very apparent to you that you've set up a situation that is not enjoyable get get out of that and just start a new game because you know there's no microtransactions with my league so just cut your losses and start over again but yeah that was that always sticks out that jazz franchise that was just just dumb man i don't know what the hell i was thinking with that one but it was dumb but um i, I,
1: lied. I lied i had i had the, a couple but i yeah i gotta continue but I did, um, you made me think of a couple so that's,
0: i think that's, that's the most that's the most prominent one that, that's just really weird and, and stupid on my part but uh, uh yeah your memories
1: yeah i agree i um you made me think of it because of the carl malone thing um how you don't really like him but you were like hey i'm gonna take him um i'm
0: gonna make him a six a, make him the eighth player off the bench and uh he comes, <laughs> dumb very dumb
1: <laughs> i um it, it just made me it made a few things pop into my head so for nba 2k17 we started a few seasons um that were failures and each time it was me using solo using the 0506 lakers and um the O five oh six seventy 76ers those were two failed attempts. And the reason was is because the O five O six seventy ers weren't very good. And we they didn't even make the playoffs. And they're in the game in, in my roster and we make the teams pretty realistic. And so we start seasons where like I told you, you know, franchises, where we basically put all the teams against each other and all the best teams that were ever in NBA history and me throwing the 76 ers in that lump and trying to play against my brother, who's using all of these stacked teams. I think I started the season like one in 13, Oof. or one 12, because that team made right. Again, they didn't make the playoffs, and I'm using Chris Weber at his old age, and I'm using um, you know rookie um, young Iguodala and Dalembert and stuff, and I'm just getting crushed every game so that was a huge failure and then using i grew up a celtics fan and i'm not biased towards the celtics but it always feels dirty using kobe right like solo (laughs) and using the 0506 lakers in a my league against my brothers who grew up celtics fans it just always feels wrong yeah like it it doesn't feels wrong about it so the two or three times we've tried that i i quit like, a few games in, I'm just like, something doesn't feel right about me jacking up threes with Sasha Buiicic. Like, it just doesn't (laughs) feel right. Um, And then there was another one with NBA in the zone 99. Uh, It's the one with Glenn Rice on the cover. Yep, yep. And, so I was like, I think I was like 16 years old or something like that when I had that game. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to use the cover athlete, Glenn Rice. I'm going to use him in the game. and I can't remember if he was on Charlotte or LA Lakers at the time and uh because on the front he was on the on the lakers i believe
0: uh yeah. so it, it, that's um in australia that was released as nba pro 98 and 99 uh instead of in the zone in the zone too um yeah on 98 of course he was still with the uh with the hornets and then 99 well two he was in with the with the
1: lakers yeah so he had the lakers cover shot yeah, i believe he, on he had, that yeah because he, he was on
0: both games so he had the hornets cover then he had the lakers cover
1: Yep, exactly. Yeah. I remember that. That was kind of a funky thing with them. But anyway, so I use them, and I don't know if anybody remembers this, but that game was the, one of the hardest games I've ever played. So not only was I not passionate, like you said, the Carl Malone thing, not only was I not passionate about using Glenn Rice, it just didn't do anything for me, but yeah. I was getting, like, and I'm, I consider myself a good basketball gamer. I do. I, I upload, I get complimented on my gameplay all the time. But I'm also not a liar. I will tell everybody on this that listen to our podcast. I was losing every game by like fifty. Oof, yeah, that part- <laughs> was it was yeah forty or fifty. Partly because I wasn't enjoying the team that I was using. Yeah, and we talked about that at the the start of the podcast where it's like if you don't really enjoy what you're who you're using and the scenario that you've put yourself in, then you may not play well on the court. Not at all. No, that Happened with me. Um, as far as like good memories with the games um and i hope i didn't cut you off when you were talking about the failures um, no, that, that's
0: oh actually there, there was one very quickly uh, after i watched the movie celtic pride I, I wanted for some reason to start a season uh, in nba live 99 with the celtics and it, it, it again lost a couple of games and i thought why didn't i just make an exhibition game and play and create the characters from the movie and play that because that would have been a lot more fun because not 99 was a couple of years old at that point so i'd already moved on to other games so i don't know why i Watch Celtic Pride, it, and it was I got it from the video store because I always looked at it on the shelf. I'm like one day I'm gonna, one day I'm gonna rent that movie, and now I own it on DVD because it was like ten bucks or something years ago. Um, it's it's not a fantastic, it's not a fantastic movie by a lot of standards, but I, I enjoy it. It's, it's it's an enjoyable movie, a enjoyable boss movie, I think. But it's um, I, I mean you know spoilers. The Celtics don't win the championship in that, so you know that's obviously that's rough. But um. <laughs> yeah I, it was one of those things where I, sometimes you just get an idea that's more fun in your head than it is to actually put into effect and and it's, that's when you got to cut your losses and say yeah um yeah I, uh, I, this is it, it's the same if, if you're creating a, a build in my career and it doesn't work out or if you're playing a character in fallout an rpg you know that your character hasn't been put together don't you know don't not enjoy it maybe start over with a, with, with something better
1: yeah, it's funny that the you know, Live ninety nine had Antoine Walker on the cover too, so that was fitting.
0: Oh, absolutely! I
1: think that's probably why I picked ninety
0: nine. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, you know, we, we were talking earlier before I get into my favorite memories with franchise. Um, you were talking about your experience with you know having the game all set up with your friend for um, you know NBA Jam, and you oh, had yeah. like my,
0: my cousin guys, Clinton. Yep,
1: yep. Yeah, and you guys would just jump into it. That's the exact same scenario that um, my friend Craig and I had with NBA Inside Drive 2002, uh, oh, yeah. excuse me, 2003, um, which, by the way, is underrated in the basketball gaming world. Um, if you guys have, if you retro gamers listening haven't played NBA Inside Drive, the series, I recommend going back and playing it because I thought they were pretty good. Um, but he had it for Xbox, and I remember um, that I would get to his house. And he would have it already up, ready to go in the living room, and we would jump right into a game. And a lot of times after we got done playing basketball or if we had a game or something like that, it was the first thing that we did when we got home. We would boot it up, and we'd have it booted up, and then go make food, and then go play it. Yep. It's yep. about like listening to the music and having the game on and all of that stuff. It just, it was like a very welcoming feeling. So I definitely feel what you were saying about like with your cousin, that definitely brings back memories of doing that with, with my friend Craig. Um, as far as memories, uh, live 2000, we had a, a lot of drafted seasons where I would always draft Jason Williams because he was one of my favorite players. And yeah, and I'd put him with Chris Weber. Um, in the draft and then i'd surround him with other guys like um we'd surround him with like george mirasan because we would do like a legends draft too if we could um but we would surround him with you know other guys that i enjoyed watching in real life and we would do transactions and it was on the pc and all three of my brothers we would we would gather around the our pc monitor and play the game and play it against each other and stuff like that so that's one of my one of my favorite memories live 2003 and live 2004 were um amazing for franchise and we played that a ton and my brother mark got 60 around 60 games into a season averaging 68.9 with walter mccarty Whew. uh and so, so can i, I, can, I t- can
0: i ask do you, have, do you have multiple controllers or was somebody on the
1: keyboard um for live 2004 we were on the console oh okay. for live two and we were on pc yeah um but we were so we had um we would play against each other in that season and i gotta tell you the fun had with going against each other and mark just lighting it up with walter mccarty and the yeah, the the characters that would light it up in that game like dan dickow um dan dickow's a legend in our household uh <laughs> You know, and, and guys like that and Ansu Sesay, and, and, and just all these guys were the, the amount of memories we created by doing those drafted seasons and Mark lighting it up with McCarty and everything. I'll, I'll never forget that. And then we had um, 2K11 was a big one with Alonzo G um, just being the most unstoppable force almost in video game history, just throwing it down. And this was like a we would do like a, again, a fantasy draft, all three of us. And we would jump into a um, a season and Alonzo G was averaging around 70 points a game. My brother Nick was using him and Hashim to was just unstoppable um, because the game never really figured out how to factor in height correctly. And he would be a 2020 guy. Um, and Kirk Heinrich was one of my favorite players and I would you know light it up with him. And whatnot. So, two K eleven was a big one, and then obviously two K two K sixteen, and two K seventeen. Just a lot of memories as far as like using classic teams in franchise mode. So, uh, so what, what, what,
0: what you're saying is the real decision in 2010 was when the uh, the Wizards
1: picked up uh, picked up Alonzo G. <laughs> yeah, Alonzo G. I want to I want to point something out for people that that don't know uh, about the unbelievable uh, if you're if there's a younger crowd listening go back and play nba 2k11 and, and 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 uh start slashing with alonzo g because i want you to see how amazing he's he's it's basically like having a more buff michael jordan <laughs> getting going to
0: the hoop <laughs> oh well, well there you go see that if, if are you admitting that if jordan played today he'd basically be just be alonzo g ah <sighs>
1: <laughs> that you, one. Got me. you got me um no but but that's funny because somebody just commented on uh one of my twitter posts that i made recently and said that larry bird would be nick batum batum today so
0: that, that, and that's funny because people were just drooling over nick batum years ago because of his
1: advanced stats so there you go <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you got that massive contract, bigger than anything Larry Bird ever dreamed of getting. You know.
0: how, how the turntables, as they say. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But no, I think the I think it's unbelievable to. I, I it's hard to formulate without like on the fly all the memories that were created. You know, another thing that and I know that you know we're we're almost at the end of this. Uh, another thing, just that resonates with me is the music. Yes, the music. were in the games um and the soundtracks old live games the soundtrack for live 2000 and 2003 and 2004 and you know being in a room and talking after the games and and listening to that music in the background or being in another room and you hear it in the other room and stuff like that it's just there's so many there's so much nostalgia and memories with stuff like that I, i don't think the soundtracks still have that same vibe and grab
0: as, as, soon they, as, as, soon as, as soon as you fire up those old games and you hear that music, it, it, it hits you.
1: It's so amazing, and it, the thing is, is I think the music has become too mainstream, mm. and that started really with NBA Two K Thirteen with Jay Z, um, with his soundtrack, and it's just too bad. You know, it, it, the the old soundtracks were just fun.
0: I, I like the yeah. ones with with original music. Actually, you, you've seen my uh, making a mod series on the. the- 2k11 which is still 2k11 roster which is still um still a thing it's still being worked on there'll be a new episode of that out um hopefully fairly soon with some big updates on that but uh, you might recognize the the background music of those videos is actually the pause music from nba live 95 that's how much i love that old music though i'll, I'll chuck it on the video as well and uh and, and also because it doesn't get flagged for uh, uh copyright as well so it's yeah he's not really yeah. worrying about it so Sorry. it's
1: I always worry about that. Oh, and then one more failure. I'm sorry. I wanted to say this. NBA 2K11, there was a play, and I mentioned this on the forum, where we were, oh my God, what were we, 14 or 15 games into a really fun drafted season. We were having a blast. It was all three of us. And Eton Thomas went up for a dunk. And the dunk was so big. It was like a two-handed monster jam that the game immediately crashed as the ball went through the hoop. And oh. the game in the not only was the season fried but we could never get through a third quarter after that after that happened.
0: Oh, that's brutal. The game
1: would all yeah, the game would we had to get a new NBA 2K11 all because so Eton Thomas in, is a legend in our house because <laughs> he, he, broke he, the one, he broke the game he broke the game with that monster dunk. I don't know what happened within the game that made it, you know, after he dunked it, that did that. Maybe he was never supposed to be able to do that junk, that dunk, but <laughs> it was just, it was unbelievable. So you taught with Kirk Heinrich, um, Walter McCarty, Alonzo G, Hashim Tabit, Ansu Sese, Dan Dickow, all those guys are like, they're just legends in my household.
0: I think we need to make some, we need. We should collaborate on some kind of roster. I don't know which game, but maybe just this roster that recreates some of these great franchises that we had and like put together some special teams of players like that that are just really, you know, stand out in our memory. That, that would be, I think, even, I mean, I guess it would resonate with us more than anybody else, but just to throw that out, there is like a really weird roster to play with. I feel there's not enough concept rosters like that i mean i'm not obviously i love you know your classic team rosters and the champs rosters uh retro season rosters and even you know great current roster updates special as well if you can bring an old classic up to date but that's something we've missed is is those concept rosters of just really wacky things like that and uh, strange faces in in strange places kind of thing you know just this those one things like like dominic wilkins on the orlando magic in 99 like that's a really weird team, but how fun would it be to play with that in a game t- today?
1: No, I Yeah, you and I talked about this, about um, even like a future article or, or discussion about those guys, like um, like Rasheed Wallace with the Hawks yep. for that one game. One game, one game, <laughs> that, yeah. What would it have been like for a season? Um, yep. But, you know, stuff like that. There's a lot of scenarios like that, like Bob Cousy coming back and playing with the Cincinnati Royals. And, and, you know, to do, yeah, to do that in a franchise
0: Dave, mode, to to have that roster yeah, to play a franchise.
1: Yeah, exactly. Or like, or, or like, yeah, exactly. A roster with all those scenarios, like Dave Cowens on the box. That's weird. I'm sorry, but Dave Cowens on the box is a weird thing. But um, no, I agree, and I think that a lot of those memories and those fun scenarios and the what ifs and all that stuff could still be created if people would do an online My League. Absolutely. With like a fan um and it's just too bad that that's not more of a thing
0: but but you know that those modes are incredibly deep uh play now online it it does come down to uh, i haven't tried it out this year maybe it's a little bit better with the server situation but if if there's if if there's nothing else that people take away from this podcast i think it should be how fun not just that the modes used to be because we've enjoyed them for so many years in in the past but how fun they're still capable of being and that's why i'm looking forward to getting back into it and obviously why you I was still playing you know, even if it's just even if it is two k seventeen or not two k twenty uh why it's still relevant, why it can still be fun and uh and, and like you said if if people are finding that the online is getting too toxic, which I would certainly understand if people felt that way because I certainly do myself uh if you feel that's going that way or if my team is too exploitative with some of the uh you know, the recurrent revenue mechanics or whatever and 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 I think it's actually they've gotten a kind of a bit better oddly enough for a mode that's very recurrent revenue driven they give you a lot of free stuff actually but if if you feel that stuff is, is not resonating anymore give the traditional my league a go and, and you You might find that all the scenarios that you can set up with it you'll find that it's just as fun as as the fun that we've been talking about back in the day it is still something that you can do with the current games
1: and call your friend or text your friend or contact him on facebook i don't care how you want to do Skype it
0: your friend yeah whatever yeah. you
1: want to do it Skype your friend, and tell them to come over. Yo. Sit down on the damn couch, and both of you enjoy each other's company and play some local play. Absolutely. I don't care if you want to call me an old head or a boomer or, or whatever you want to do. I'm telling you, nothing beats it. Nothing beats that experience, And and I'm not saying it is for everybody. I'm not saying that, but... You know, being in somebody else's company and enjoying that, that those laughs and fun that together in person. I can guarantee you, you'll create more memories than you do online.
0: So, some people might say to go play something else. We just want to say, play something fun that you enjoy.
1: Exactly. Make memories no matter which way you can. And don't let the game frustrate you more than you enjoy it. Because at that point, it's not worth it.
0: Well said. You know, we could go on and on uh, all night uh, talking about, uh, early hours of the morning, or late afternoon, as it is in my uh, part of the world at the moment, talking about this stuff. Uh, we have been talking for a couple of hours, over a couple of hours now, with the uh, podcast. So we will wrap it up, but uh, so many more memories that we could discuss. Maybe, maybe this is something we could come back to and, and really talk about some of, even more of our memories once we've uh, once they come to mind, because it's always fun to reflect on that.
1: Yeah, exactly, and. I think things like the more we were talking about it, the more um, things came to mind. Like it took me a while to even remember the Eton Thomas thing, just because we were talking about so many different things. I, um, I, I, it almost makes me want to go back and see how many saves I have Yeah. for some of my games so I can revisit them. Um, but yeah, I, I think that um I I'd, I'd love to have more of this conversation on the NLSC. Yeah, that's actually that's, I, that,
0: that's something we can talk about too at some point uh, a requiem for lost saves because that's that can be heartbreaking man
1: <laughs> Just look back and find it. it can. Me and my brother have one for 2K14 PC that we can't find and we're halfway through the playoffs yeah. and it's a it's a killer because what happened was is we did a file transfer because we changed hard drives and for some reason when that file transfer occurred, that file got lost, Ugh. and it, we played a full 82 game season against each other. Me using the O seven O eight Nuggets, him using the O seven O eight Celtics, and we got through a full 12 minute 12 minutes a quarter, played every game, 82 game season, and we were both in the Eastern and Western Conference Finals, and we can't find the file. Ah, that
0: is that is heartbreaking. Yeah, that's, I can relate to that. That's that's tough. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I'm sure we will bring that up in the f- shows to come. We hope you enjoyed listening to us reminisce about Franchise Mode, uh, the, his- the history of it, our memories of it, and, again, maybe it inspires you to, to check it out yourself or to get back into it, as-, as I'm looking to do. And if nothing else, hope you enjoyed the conversation. Uh, before I plug our various uh, social media and whatnot, uh, D, where can people find you and all the things you'd like to share? Where, where can they send you hate mail about how Larry Bird uh, would be uh, um, Cole Aldrich in, in today's league?
1: Well, <laughs> well, Andrew, they can comment on my recent Twitter post about Larry Bird. <laughs> uh but they can you guys can uh find me on Twitter at D for three eighty four. Um and you can find me also on YouTube, uh D for three, both of which have D Brown's No Look Dunk as my prof- profile picture. You can find me on the NLSC as um username D for three. I'm also on the NLVC. Um with prime and swaggy p lino and and those guys in rock so if you guys listen to this uh, what's going on and deal those guys are great so listen into those podcasts when we have them and um that's about it but yeah if you want to send me some hate mail dms or or whatever or you know just contact me on twitter because you know <laughs> i got i got f- combat combativeness or if that's a word on there so
0: they, they can cut they can send their email to uh to andrew at nba-live.com can't they yeah that's that's where they can get in touch with you
1: <laughs> yeah exactly you know if you want to if you want to actually get get in touch with me just you know filter through andrew yeah andrew yeah, yeah because uh I, trust me when i tell you that not everybody agrees with my point of view
0: <laughs> so oh well, we agree <laughs> and that's 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 the main thing so <laughs> exactly. I, i'm of course on twitter myself andrew nlsc uh, the NLSC's Twitter, of course, is The NLSC. We're also The NLSC on Facebook. On Instagram, we are NLSC Basketball. On YouTube, we are NBA Live Series Center. And of course, give a look to The NLSC itself, nba com for everything we do for, uh, for basketball video games. As for the podcast, it comes out each and every week, mostly. Sometimes we've missed a few weeks here and there and made a bit of a rough patch this year, but we are back and committed to doing this uh, each and every week, so... Stay tuned on the NLSC. You can also find us on various podcatching apps, including uh, Spotify, Podcast Addict, Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher. Just search for the NLC Podcast logo. Look for NLC Podcast. That will be us. Or once again, keep streaming on the NLC itself uh, as long as you're tuning in and enjoying the show. That is the main thing. So with that being said, uh, thank you for tuning in to episode number 303 of the NLC Podcast. Until next time, I'm Andrew. And I'm Derek. Go get buckets, everyone.